Hello, everybody, and welcome to 2024, and we are back here on the Green and White Report. I'm Matt Merrifield, joined in the sports studio on this snowy Sunday afternoon here Wonder, in East Lansing. When I woke it's up. beautiful. Jay DeCoster, you are looking beautiful this morning on this Sunday. Um, no Sardenic, no AJ, unfortunately, today. Um, they are headed to Evanston, Illinois. Uh, beautiful, the fakest city on earth. As Michigan State takes on Northwestern, uh, you can listen to that game on WDBM East Lansing tonight. Uh, the pregame show starts at 7.15, tip-off set for 7.30. Zach Sardinic, Jack Stager on the call for that one. Also, Joe Dez is back from Massachusetts. He is here with us on this Sunday morning. Joe, you had a 12-hour drive back from Mass yesterday. How are we feeling? Feeling pretty good. It was a rough ride. There was one point around 3 a.m. though, there was a truck stop. It was one room, one slot machine in the back of the room. Put five bucks in, got nothing. I'm wait, I'm confused. You, you, why were you driving at 3 a.m.? Wait, when I did, did you? I did it overnight? Oh, yeah, it was an overnight drive. Grit. Yeah, that's that is grit. Right I mean, I guess there. if it's a 12-hour drive, at some point it's going to be dark out, especially with daylight <laughs> savings. Um, but it's a happy Sunday. We're back. We're ready to roll. We got a lot to get into. A lot of stuff happened since we last met on December 10th, I think it was. Um, a lot has happened. A lot of losses for the Pistons. We're not talking about them today, unfortunately. But and they broke the streak. Uh, they did break the streak. Um, and their fans got free wings. They did get free wings, Jay. I did not take advantage of that promo, unfortunately. We have plenty of guests coming on. Allie Cohen will be joining us in just a second as we, we talk some Michigan State men's hoops to start the show and some women's hoops. Coming up at 11.17, Michigan State Hockey with Oscar Henderson coming up at 11.32. We got college football talk, college basketball talk around the country. NFL, obviously, week 18. Season ends today, so a lot of talk about a lot of big games coming up this afternoon. So let's get right into it. Without further ado, MSU Men's Hoops with Allie Cohen here on WDBM. Allie, how are we doing on this Sunday morning? Tired. You're tired as you're wearing your Lions hoodie. I am. Um, Game doesn't matter today for the Lions, really. Um, the rest of the starters, I, I mean, I believe they're locked into the three seeds. So uh, it, they need Dallas to lose. Okay. I mean, but they, they play the Commanders, we'll, but we'll cover, I'll talk. We'll later. cover all the scenarios around that. That is coming up at twelve seventeen. So yes. uh, a little tease. Uh, if you want to hear me get upset about the Colts game, that comes up at a twelve thirty two. So won't hijack the early part of the show for the disaster class that happened in Indianapolis <laughs> yesterday. Uh, but let's start Michigan State basketball. Since we last met. Is five and one. We that night we met uh, that afternoon. Michigan State then played Nebraska that night in Lincoln, mm-hmm. lost that game. But since then, five in a row, including a dominant win over Baylor, a dominant ninety-two to sixty-one win over Penn State on Thursday. They take on Northwestern tonight. I need your thoughts here, everyone at the table, um, those listening. I don't have my phone today, so even if you have my phone number, you cannot text me. Um, so I don't have my phone on me right now, unfortunately. Uh, but you can text in the show, 517-884-8989 is the number. That's 517-884-8989. Um, so let's start with you, Allie. Just kind of thoughts on this last little winning streak Michigan State has found themselves on. I don't know. I think the Spartans finally have like picked it up and figured out some things. They've against Penn State. They looked so dominant. They scored the second most points they have all season. Obviously, for going all the way back, starting with that Baylor game, they really, I think they just really got everything together. They're figuring some things out. I was really worried after the Penn State game how, or for the Penn State game, how Michigan State was going to look without Jeremy Fears and just trying to figure that out. And they clearly, obviously, that's terrible, but they had it figured out. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, the way this the team looked against Baylor, absolutely dominated them, eighty eight sixty four. 
And then going out run since being Oakland, Stony Brook, an Indiana State team, a very okay. solid Indiana State team. It's going to give some teams fits in the NCAA tournament, I believe. Um, you were trailing in that game late in the second half, and you were able to close that out, which I don't think this team would have been able to do that a month ago. Um, you saw in the James Madison game, they struggled to close close games out, and then the Nebraska game, just the Arizona game as well. They found a way to do they found a way to do that. And then blowing out Penn State. Uh, Penn State's not a very good basketball team, but it's, it's in Big Ten play, and you're able to take care of business pretty handily there. So this team's trying to find their groove. Um, you're seeing a lot of these guys like Jay Nakins, A.J. Hogard, uh, Tyson Walker, and all these guys shooting really well from the three compared to the James Madison game where they went one for 22, I believe. So they're starting to find their groove from beyond the arc, and you know this team's playing really good basketball right now. We're going to have to see against Northwestern a very tough place to play. Not a very good Northwestern team, but you got to be able to take care of the business today at Walsh Ryan Arena. So. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State, I think the biggest difference for this team in this five-game winning streak has been the guard play of everybody yeah. except for Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker has continued to do his thing. He's now scored in double figures in 25 straight games, I think it is now, after mm-hmm. the win over Penn State. Just incredible player. I think he's now got eight games of 20-plus points this season. But uh, specifically, Jay Nakins has been the biggest difference. His jump shot has completely changed in these last couple games. He's now shooting... Before the Penn State game, he was shooting 46% over the five-game stretch, stretch, starting with Nebraska. So he has been just a completely different player. Uh, he made some really nice shots against Penn State in that win. Um, Trey Holloman, uh, he now really has to step up with the absence of Jeremy Fierce. He had already been playing better this year, but now, I mean, from last year, night and day difference. His off, last year, he had zero offensive input on the game. Like, he was a good passer, good distributor, but when he can't shoot... You really have your that limits your ability to make an impact on the game. Now he's a great shooter. He's shooting over forty percent from three, knocking down mid range shots, getting to the basket, finding his shot, and he's been, I think, the most impressive player from last year to this year for this Michigan State team. I mean, he's in contention for most improved player. I mean, he is the most improved player on this team. I mean, you saw last year he really couldn't hit that jump shot. He's improved so much. You could tell he worked on that in the summer, and he's just when he gets open looks, I have a lot of confidence going to knock that shot down. So. He's been really impressive, and I, Matt, you got. We were talking about this. I mean, when he when he got to the cup and he had that had that nasty dunk, I was like, Trey could do that. I, I like, was not familiar <laughs> with your game, Trey Holloman. I didn't yeah. know you could do For that. Um, that game on Thursday was something. You had a Trey Holloman poster dunk. Yeah. AJ Hogard threw it in the second row like three times in a row in the middle of the second half. For and I don't know why. Um, and Michigan State was up by thirty. Like it was just. An interesting game. Um, Mike Rhodes has a little bit of a rebuild project there at Penn State, but still a very dominant win. And, I mean, I think the most impressive part is just they've not only won five straight, and I understand that Baylor game was just a perfect storm of Baylor didn't come out quite right to play, and Michigan State just needed that win. Um, But blowout went over Baylor. Pretty convincing win over Oakland. Absolutely throttled a bad Stony Brook team, but still 99-55, that's dominant. Indiana State's a very good team that's going to win a game, maybe two in the tournament as an 11-12 seed out of the Missouri Valley. And then Penn State, you beat a con- you beat a conference team by 31. That's yeah. as impressive as it gets. I don't care so, who it is. Like, um, Penn State's bad, but if you're able to win by 30, yeah. that's nice. And, I mean, move, looking ahead now, this week, two big games on the road in Illinois. They have at Northwestern tonight, 730. Uh, then Thursday night, uh, they head to Champaign to take on the fighting Illini without Terrence Shannon. Um, <clears throat> Illinois... Had a dominant win over Northwestern yeah. earlier this week. Came back, almost pulled off a huge upset at Mackey on Friday night. 
and then but just came up short in a wild game there. Um, so tough stretch this week, but I mean, what are we expecting to see out of Michigan State in this coming week? I'm expecting to win this game tonight. Um, I mean, Boo Booey and Northwestern is, have have give this team fits over the last few years. Um, you could say Boo Booey is a Spartan killer because he is. I mean, <laughs> the amount of performances he's put up at the Breslin Center against this team is pretty remarkable. And then you go to North, you go to Champaign. Um, even without Terrence Shannon, this team is I think is really good. Um, Marcus Domas, the transfer from Southern Illinois, is a very very good player. Um, he's a very good on ball defender, and I think he can he has a really nice jump shot. So that's going to be really tough to defend him. Um, even without Terrence Shannon, this team is going to be very tough. Um, to, I think they could still compete in the Big Ten. So that's going to be a tough game. But I'm expecting one and one this week. Um, take care of business at Walsh Ryan Arena, and then we'll see what happens in Champaign. So. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm excited to see what happens. This has been an interesting series. Like, just the series rivalry between Michigan State and Northwestern mm-hmm. has been interesting, especially as of late. Northwestern's won two straight in the Breslin Center. But Michigan State traditionally has, a, I mean, they have success over Northwestern just in general because Northwestern, awful basketball program historically. Um, only two NCAA appearances, and both of them have been in the last decade. Um, but Michigan State is a gr- does a great job in at Northwestern, Michigan State fans travel well. Obviously, being in Chicago, uh, a lot of p- recent post grads that just you know find their way living in the uh, Chicago area, um, just like every Big Ten school. But so, I mean, I'm excited for tonight. I think it should be a good game on a nice Sunday night after we're done watching some football. Bills Dolphins will be on, but you'll have time to to spread your um, attention span around. So I, I'm excited. I think that Illinois game is going to be tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, they're just they're big down low. And Michigan is State Kohler playing? Kohler is expected to be either back tonight or by Thursday at mm-hmm. the very latest, which will be interesting to see because, I mean, it's it, I don't know how he's going to fit into the rotation. He is, they're going to ease him into the rotation, so I don't expect mm-hmm. him to play very many minutes, but it should be interesting to see. I don't see. expect him. I mean, he hasn't played a game yet this year. I don't expect him to yeah. contribute that much, but it's going to be nice to get some post presence from him because, as we know, Michigan State's – Post presence this year hasn't been fantastic with Cooper and Sissoko, so we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but I go back to Illinois. It's just it's going to be so tough. I mean, not even with Domas, you got uh, Coleman Hawkins, a senior. This team has a lot of experience and a lot of transfers that uh, Brad Underwood has brought in. So is Dane Danger still on Illinois? Yes, yes, he is. And all, he's a very very name. good defender. Um, he's no Kofi Coburn, but very very solid interior presence that they have. Um, and yeah, that's gonna be a tough game. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I think with Kohler, the thing he brings it, and honestly, Carson Cooper and Madi Soko have done a better job in these last on this winning streak of providing a little bit of offensive production at the at that end of the floor. Obviously, they're both more known for their defense. Xavier Booker is having growing pains, but he's yeah. obviously an offensive threat on the. Uh, that's what he really brings to this team and can stretch the floor. So I'm excited to see what Kohler can do. Um, I wonder if Kohler even added a little bit of a jump shot. Maybe he can knock down some shots and stretch the floor a little bit, uh, cause some spacing for this team. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this team comes out here in these next couple games here. Obviously a tough stretch. Then they get Rutgers at home next Sunday, which will be another big game um, returning to their home floor. So, and not a lot of easy games in the Big Ten this year. Mm -mm. Definitely not. I mean, Rutgers and Minnesota should be able to take care of business there. But then, you know, you look down the road, you go to at Maryland, at Wisconsin. Those are kind of two tough games. So, Big Ten, I mean, the Big Ten's going to be a gauntlet no matter what, and conference plays 
Gauntlet in general. So you just got to take care of business starting at Northwestern tonight. So Joe, is there anything you think we missed in this segment? Any thoughts that you have on Michigan State hoops? Yeah, AJ Hogard clicking has been huge for the team. In fact, AJ Hogard is not shooting like twelve percent from the field anymore. Fifty percent last five or six games is what's been. That's been huge. Sissoko's rebounding. I was pretty harsh on him before break, but his rebounding has improved a lot. His free throw line shooting has been big. I think the team is just finally clicking together now. Yeah, it's really nice to see. I would agree. I think the last person that we need to bring up that we haven't talked about is Malik Hall. I mean, he oh, he, yeah. he's, he can be a little inconsistent, but the last two games, he had 18 against Indiana State, and he finished with a career-high 24 yep. against North uh, against uh, Penn State. Just, I mean, when he's playing right, I, I was hard on him early in the year because he felt like a black hole, and right now he's playing at his best all year, and while he's getting his shots, he's still moving the ball around. He's getting involved. He, I think he had four or five assists on Thursday night. Like, he can do both where he can be that guy that, you know, leader, pre- uh, leader senior presence that wants to get his shot mm-hmm. while also getting the others involved. So I just think overall this team is just clicking at a way that we just haven't seen, and it's, I think, fr- very exciting to see going down the stretch. Um, let's just see if they yeah. can continue to play mm-hmm. this way and carry it out through March. But I I'm mean, very... He went 9 for 12, 2 for 2 from the line, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Like, if he keeps playing like that... I mean, this guy's a limit. I mean, like... Nine day, his confidence has grown so much as we've gotten into the season. I mean, like in November, like you said, Matt, he just he didn't look right. He was airballing jump shots, and now he's just he looks way more confident in the Malik Hall. Like we've kind of seen before the foot injury last year, um, he's looked much better, and I hopefully we continue to see that. So yeah, he knocked down both of his three point attempts, which mm-hmm. is huge. His three point shot has been struggling a little bit. AJ Hogard knocked down a couple threes as well. Uh, That's going to do it for Michigan State Basketball Talk. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll have Michigan State women's hoops. They've been playing pretty well as of late. Uh, Had a tough loss to Iowa, which we'll talk about after the break. Joe Dez and Allie Cohen will help us out talking about that after this break. You're listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM Eastlands. Welcome back to the Green and White Report here on WDBM 1117 on this beautiful Sunday morning. And now it's time to talk some Michigan State women's hoops. Allie Cohen staying with us for this segment as well. And Joe Des, our fellow women's basketball beat reporter, you and Allie have been covering all the games, broadcasting pretty much all the games all season long. You're our experts on Robin Fralick's new look for Michigan State women's hoops, which has, I think, been very exciting to watch. A much different style of play compared to the Susie Merchant era of Michigan State. So um, let's kind of get off into that. Obviously, a killer loss to Caitlin Clark and Iowa and Iowa City on Tuesday night for those that missed it on Peacock. Disappointing loss, obviously, Caitlin Clark, best player in college basketball, just knocked down a game winner. But kind of just walk us through that game and for any of us that may have missed it. Yeah, when you're playing against number three and number four, you're playing against number three and number four team in the nation, team that made the NCAA tournament championship last year. When you lose off a step back game winning three, that's not that bad of a position to be in. It was great defense the entire game. Multiple points, Michigan State was down, came back against Iowa. Really proving that they're not the team of last year. Last year, I feel like if they went down, they just weren't ever coming back. Mm-hmm. It was never a clawback. Now, the team with Robin Fralick just seems like they have so much more grit, so much more determination to actually win the games. Full-court defense, they'll double impress. Caitlin Clark shot 14 of 34 from the field. She took 34 shots. 34 shots. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is something that's been pushed by a friend of the program, Nick Burt, that she is a quote-unquote shot chucker. That <laughs> completely supports that narrative. What the hell? I was saying that. I was texting friend of the program, Luke Sloan, after this game, and he was like, she's the best. And I'm like, she is, but she also took 34 shot shots. Shot chucker. 
Like, yeah. she took 34 shots. That's yeah. not efficiency, Caitlin. And 20 of them were threes. She, so. she did that at Breslin last year. She, yeah, I think she, she shot like 30-something percent. Yeah, she, really uh, the, the, the Breslin the Center, Caitlin Clark at the Breslin Center is not a good basketball player. Everywhere else, no, she's not. I mean, 14 for 34 for an 8 for 20 <laughs> from three. She also had six turnovers. What's that efficiency, Caitlin? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Michigan State still lost. Um, yeah. But that's just how good. I mean, Iowa as a team is very good. Um, Hannah, I think it's Stelke, had 15 points. Uh Obviously, the biggest, most talked about point, other than the fact that Caitlin Clark had a shot from the logo to win it over Mo Joyner, uh, was the foul call with like 20 seconds left, 30 seconds not, left. That was bad. That was really bad. It was a bad call. Yes, it was the wrong call. It should have been a, well, they, I was in the bonus, so it should have been two free throws. I still think that D.D. Hageman runs down the floor, makes the layup, and then Caitlin Clark still wins it with a three. Like, yes, it sucks, but at the same time, I don't think it would have mattered. No, I don't think that's the reason we lost, or the reason the team lost. So many people mm-hmm. on Twitter were saying that if there was two shots, it would have changed. It, she would have been down one, would have gotten two points to win it, or three points, two over to win. Yeah. Right. You understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it was a really bad call, and you can see pictures of it, and she is definitely not shooting, but I don't think it would have changed the whole game. Yeah, well, what's messed up is the Peacock broadcast had oh, the, the clock fully rung, so everybody thought that it was over, and then they replay it, shot off with point one. Oh, yeah, that's true. The, uh, the buzzer was ahead of... Or I I forget what you're the, saying. The clock the on sound Peacock was, was ahead of the buzzer. Yeah, the sound was ahead of the video. Ah, it wasn't exactly it was. synced. Lovely. Shout out the cock. Um, <laughs> but you know, hey, Michigan State was on the Peacock on what was it Thursday? But you know, you should just be listening on WDBMA Slanting because the. Our broadcasts are not a minute and a half behind what's actually happening on the floor. Um, I love being told, "Hey, why is the Impact broadcast like a minute and a half ahead?" That's just how we do it, um, even though we don't actually have control over that. It's more just Peacock <laughs> being a streaming service. Anyways, um, I have a couple questions. Uh, I don't know if JDC has any questions about the women's team. We used to cover the women's basketball team many moons Susie ago. Susie Merchant era. Uh, in the Susie Merchant era. Um, Dean Lockwood uh, era. Oh, oh yes, uh, D- Dean. Dean Lockwood's still here. Oh, I know, Dean. but... Oh, I, we need to find a way to get Dean Lockwood on this show. Yes, I love I'm Dean so Lockwood. in on that. Joe, have you had the honor of like talking with Dean Lockwood or like ever having an interaction with him? No, he really hasn't done Lockwood. a press yeah. conference no, yet. Hasn't done so <laughs> the one, and I don't want to say it was a positive, came out of Susie Merchant like after a car accident and everything happened, but, he, but when Dean Lockwood took over... The press conferences became like 10,000 times more fun. They were so funny because Dean Lockwood, nobody had ever media trained him clearly or just Kara just let him talk however he wanted to talk. (laughs) And so he would just go out there and he would have five minute answers for like, what'd you think of Didi? Or what'd you think of the team's three point shooting night? And be like, this, this, and this. But back to your point. So (laughs) I love Dean Lockwood, friend of the program. Um, I just, I love coaches like that. Anyways, um, who's been somebody this year? That kind of have like stepped up. I mean, I guess it's more for obviously you've covered the team um, even last year and the year before. So just who's like taken that next step this year from last year? I mean, I think there's a lot of players that are really, really improved. But fifth year, Julia Aral has been insane on both ends of the court. She's been so great. I mean, she was the leading scorer against Iowa. She had 16 points, went seven for 12, eight rebounds. But in the they played in the Cherokee Classic, I believe. She had 32 points in one of the games. Dog. She, yeah, <laughs> she's been so improved. She's one of the leaders in the in the whole nation in blocks. She's just she's been playing really really well. Yeah, it looked like the blocks was gonna be something that was hyped up by the kind of feeder schedule at the beginning. She's still averaging three blocks per game. Had three mm-hmm. versus Iowa. She's been insane this year. Yeah, I mean, I think 
she's a lot of fun to watch this year from what the parts I've seen. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, 7-12 from the field. That's efficiency. Not That's what I like to see. Go to um, the game where she had 32 points and see what the rest of her stats But, I mean, I think it's huge, especially for this. This is a team that lacks size, correct? Like, they don't have mm-hmm. a lot of big pieces down low. I guess Julie Aralt is that size down low. She's, like, what, 6-1? She's yeah, 6-1. Six one. Six one. This is not a tall team. Well... They make it work, I think. Yeah. I mean, if I want to chip in here, okay. Jocelyn Tate, I mean, this is, she's from Bowling Green. Robin Frederick knows her well. Um, and she's she's someone that, you know, a very good defensive presence, only averaging seven points a game, but she's done a very good job on the defensive side. So, I mean, this is a very this is a very good transfer that Robin brought in. Obviously, she knows her well uh, from Bowling Green. So, I think she's been a very, very solid uh, mm-hmm. transfer for this team this year. So I think that, honestly, like most players on the team are improved, but another one, especially just taking that freshman to sophomore jump, Theron Halleck, especially in the last few games, has been a dog. guess we're listing every player before we get a chance to list mine. I'm getting less than nothing here. All right, now. good, Joe. <laughs> it's messed up, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm list the entire... you're right, Joe. <laughs> say it, Joe. No, you're, I'm just going to say Abby Kimball for that. You took Theron <laughs> for me there. Real messed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what you were saying about there, she did score a career high versus uh, Penn State, I believe, right? About 21 points. Yeah, and she's been in double figures for the last few games. Yeah, ever since she had that breakout game, dropped like four threes off the bench. Yeah. She's just been on fire. She's done like then. 15 and 17 in most of the past few games. I can go look at her exact stats. I think she might have had 12 against Iowa, but she's... she. I don't know. She's been in double figures for most of the last few games, and she's just looked so improved yeah just so, so much more comfortable than last year mm-hmm. at the end of the year when she get the ball kind of would bobble it around a little bit now she just seems so much more comfortable mm-hmm. with it and before the break she had career high didn't she go 12 14 17 and then <laughs> tie 17 <laughs> yeah, again every single game was literally just every single game high, was yeah. just more and more and more oh insane then right when we leave for break drops 21 points yeah she's just improved so much yeah and a, a tough stretch cup coming here for michigan state obviously the game at iowa now on tuesday they take on maryland at home maryland very good team. Traditionally, they're very good power coming over from the ACC about 10 years ago, and they've just continued to be good. Um, they are 10-4 and four on the year, 2-1 and one in conference play, and then they got at Ohio State next weekend. Ohio State, another very good team. I think they're in the top 15 right now, one of the best teams in the country. Um, so just two more tough games. Uh, that one's on the road next Sunday. But, yes, Maryland Tuesday at 6 p.m. here on WDBM. You can catch Joe and Allie on the call for that one tip-off set for 6 p.m. I don't know if it'll be on the FM airwaves yet, but it'll be for sure on our brand new sports stream. So any broadcast you might want is on the FM or is on the Impact WDBM sports stream. Uh, any last second questions, Jay? Do you have any other questions for our women's basketball beat reporters? Anything that somebody out there might want to know about this team? Yeah, I mean, we didn't really touch on D.D. Hageman. I guess, I mean, for both you guys, I mean, what? I mean, how much more how much more of improvement have you seen from her this year, especially like from the field and just her aggressiveness towards the rim, I guess. Didi's just been so great to yeah. watch. Every game she's so aggressive with it. You saw it in the Iowa game when mm-hmm. she drove towards the hooper at the end to tie it up. That is something that you need a dog on your team to do. Not everyone's gonna do that immediately. Might try looking for a three point shot. She just raced right down and got it. Didi's been huge, has been upping the scoring output every single year so far here. I've said her name about fifty times this year, but Kamari McDaniel left last year. Yep. Left a huge shooting hole there. Didi has filled it so far. So many other players have combined to really make the absences of her as well as Matiek not as big. So I think they've just adjusted really well to a tough situation. Did you just call Matilda Eck Matiek? Yeah, I call her wow. Matiek all the time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Didi 
has averaging 14 points a game. And honestly, I think that her attitude brings a lot to the team because she's somebody that really does not care. She will get in your face. She got in Caitlin's Clark face after a <laughs> foul was called on Caitlin and Didi got sent to the line. She got in her face. She did not care. And she does that for anyone. She truly does not care. And Joe and I have talked about this on our broadcast, and we think it's kind of funny. She's kind of AJ Hogarthish. She's just like... I don't know. Like, I think an attitude like that is really fun to have on your team, and she will fight for her teammates. And we, she got a technical, so like, that's something really fun. That's not even like what exactly, like the stats she's putting up, but that's just something like she will fight for her team, and I really think that's a good thing. Yeah, we talked about it on Breslin Breakdown, but there was a two or three game stretch where either a new teammate, whether it was a transfer or a freshman, would get kind of picked on a little bit, and Didi you'd see come flying from the other side of the court and get in the player's face. She just really wants to make her teammates comfortable. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I want to ask one more. I mean, this is the highest scoring team in the Big Ten um, as of right now. Do you think that continues as we continue into Big Ten play, or do you think this team takes a little bit of a dip? Like, I, how, I, how are you seeing it going into the Big Ten play? At first, I will have said dip because it really relied mm-hmm. on their three ball. They were shooting mm-hmm. yeah, unbelievable rates, 50% from the three-point line, maybe even 60 or 70-some games. But they've found a way to score with layups, mid-range shots. That's not just the three ball. There was a game where I don't remember exactly who the opponent was. It was right before break. They did not have a good shooting stretch at all. Still able to pull up about 95 mm-hmm. points. Yeah, yeah. I think looking at like the team stats right now, I mean, they have four players averaging uh, double figures. But then even after that, you have Tori Osmond and Theron Halleck averaging 9.5 and 9.4. Like Everyone on this team is performing the way they should right now. Yeah, I mean, they've been a lot of fun to watch. As Jay said, the highest-scoring team mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. And so it'll be fun to see how they finish out the year. It's been a, two seasons, three seasons since they've made the NCAA tournament. I believe they haven't made it since, yeah, 2021. So it'll be interesting to see if they can finally break that streak this year in year one under Coach Freilich, which would be very impressive to see. Off to a good start. The net ranking yeah, is at number 13. They're number 14 the ranking. Yeah, 14 yeah. or 13. Yeah. Very important net, for uh, March Madness. The, the net ranking mm-hmm. is kind of a fraudulent statistic <laughs> because if, you just blow out a bunch if you, of teams if and you, you just fly up the rankings. If you blow but, out bad teams, you fly up the rankings. But, hey, they got a lot of games left. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of good teams still left to beat. Um, so we'll see how they close out the season. Obviously, we'll have more updates if you want more on the women's basketball team here and the women's basketball beat Allie, Joe, Tim Marshall, and Faith Flickinger on the Breslin Breakdown. They have episodes weekly, and obviously make sure to tune into all the women's basketball broadcasts here on WDBM. Make sure next game, Tuesday at 6 p.m. here on WDBM, as Michigan State takes on the Maryland Terrapins from the brackish waters of <laughs> the Chesapeake Bay area or something. I don't know. Uh, that's going to do it for basketball talk. We'll have more nationwide men's basketball talk coming up later on at 12 But after the break, we'll have Oscar Henderson on to talk some Michigan State hockey as they get set for the second half of the Big Ten play this year. He'll also be on College Football Rush at 11.47. That's going to be run by Joe Dez himself. So that's all coming up. We're going to take a quick break here on WDBM East Lansing Green and White Report. Welcome, everybody, back into the Green and White Report. 11.32, and it's time for some Michigan State hockey talk here with Oscar Henderson, one of our impact Hockey beat reporters here, one of our broadcasters for the hockey team this season, and he's been lucky enough to cover a very good hockey team, uh, number seven in the country. Right uh, now? We just got down to number eight after break, after a unfortunate shootout loss to Michigan Tech in the Great Lakes Invitational Final, but still a top ten team, so still doing pretty good on the year. Yeah, very impressive start to the season in year two under Adam Nightingale. I can remember my freshman year when I 
very passionately was <laughs> calling Cole. for Danton Cole to be removed as the head coach of this hockey team. And worked since then, well. since then, it's worked out pretty well. Michigan State hockey in a much better place now, um, which is good. Uh, so let's get into it. Obviously, second half of the season starts officially, I would say, next weekend at Penn State. Obviously, they played the development team on Friday, which we'll talk about here for a few minutes. But, I mean, going into the first half break, Oscar, first tied for first in the Big Ten with Wisconsin. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really impressive to watch this team so far throughout the season. Um, you know, it, the, the main takeaway I've had from this team is especially the development of Trey Augustine and Ned. Uh, he had a really rough first month. Coming in, uh, it was his first couple games. Uh, that series against Boston College he had especially was a really, really tough one for him. I mean, it's going to be tough anyways going against Boston College. They are by far, I think, the best team in the nation right now. But the way he's been able to turn that uh, bad start around, and he's been one of the best goaltenders in all of college hockey so far uh, since that first month. So I, this team really has worked around him being uh, a lot better in net so far. And, I mean, obviously we know the insane amount of offensive talent this team has on their team as well. I mean, Isaac Howard, who uh, just went to World Juniors this uh, over this break, he scored nine goals in six games, had 11 points, led all – led all skaters in points throughout World Juniors, and he had those two really big goals against uh, Sweden in the finals. So he's been actually he's been doing really good this year, and I think he's going to carry that momentum uh, coming out of World Juniors. And, of course, you have guys who have, did not go to World Juniors, like Red Savage, who has been playing phenomenal. Joey Larson is putting up a lot of points. And, of course, the really good offensive blue line pairing of Neenhaus and Levshinov have been playing absolutely phenomenal. I mean, th- this team is... I think going to be the first Michigan State team in a long time to make a very deep tournament run. I think they've pretty much solidified themselves to make the tournament at this point. Even if they don't um, win the Big Ten, I think they'll be one of those 10 out, uh, at-large bids uh, that they'll get. But I, this is an exciting Michigan State hockey team to watch, and I think they're going to continue this momentum going into the second half, especially with Isaac Howard coming off that really hot war genius. I expect him to keep that up. Yeah, and you mentioned Joey Larson. I mean, this is a guy, a transfer from Northern Michigan, and he's leading the team in goals with 11, uh, 21 points on the season. Um, he's been really impressive, Oscar. And, like, what do you think has been the difference of it for him transferring from Northern Michigan and being, like, the guy now on this team? I, I think it's the line that he's been on. I yeah. mean, the line that he's been playing with, it's, uh, I believe it's Red Savage and Daniel Russell with him. Those three together have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Red Savage and Daniel Russell, I believe, already have some chemistry between each other. Um, I believe both of them are roommates, if I'm correct. I could be completely wrong on that. But it, it, the, the that chemistry and Joey Larson has seemed to just slip right in, and they've been absolutely phenomenal offensively. Um, they right now, I think, are our best offensive line that we have so far, and that's saying something when you have Carson Dorwat and Isaac Howard on your first starting line. I, I mean, they have been playing absolutely phenomenal, and they've really, they've really been carrying the offensive load for the first uh, for the first half of the season, and I, I think now they're again going to keep on doing that and. Uh, we have a pretty tough stretch here going on in the Big Ten, so we should look for them to keep it up. I mean, like I mean, the Big Ten is tough as it gets. You mentioned yeah. the World Juniors. Uh, might as well give a quick shout out to four different Spartans went over to Gothenburg, I believe. I, I believe it's the city it was, it was in Sweden. Yeah. Um, obviously, two Americans: Isaac Howard, Trey Augustine, took home gold on Friday night or Friday afternoon um, here over here in the states as they won. What was it? 
six two was it was six to two six to two isaac howard had two goals including the game winner he finished off an incredible tournament probably should have been player of the tournament but they gave it to a a swedish player we won't talk about that (laughs) trey augustine was very good won every game he started he split the net with um he split the net with uh jacob fowler Fowler that was because i believe augustine was injured for the first two games the original plan was him to play all six and then fowler would be back up but augustine played very well in the tournament you had uh over playing for slovakia he had a very solid tournament for a slovakia team that made the medal round um didn't come away with anything but still a solid and then tommy manisto for finland they unfortunately lost in the bronze medal game but he as well was one of the standouts for that finnish team so four spartans over at the world juniors all four of them showed out and were some of the most impressive players on their team, which I think was very exciting to see. Um, and now, back to, as we finish out the year, I mean, Michigan State, technically second now in the Big Ten because Wisconsin played a conference series against they Notre have, Dame. They have two games uh, on us yeah. right now. Yeah, they uh, they swept Notre Dame this weekend, I believe. that no- Wisconsin's on a tear right now. They got swept here in East Lansing by Michigan State in early November. And I, I think they lost another game after that. But they, they lost one game afterwards to Alaska, one nothing. But yeah. since then, they, they've they just haven't been. lost. They've won nine in a row. Uh, they are ten and two in Big Ten play. They've won all ten games in regulation, other than their two losses to Michigan State here at Mount Ice Arena. Michigan State doesn't play Wisconsin again until the last series of the weekend, which. I don't think we would have, would have thought this at the beginning of the year, but that could be a Big Ten cha- regular season championship tournament series going into the postseason of play, into postseason play. Most definitely, uh, Wisconsin has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they have a first year coach who came over from Minnesota State. Minnesota Mike State. He's been a, he was a consistent tournament guy year in year out, and he decided to take the job at Wisconsin, which was a program that was really starting to fall off uh, until he decided to come in. And I mean the. The way he's been able to change this team around in just one year of uh, coaching, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, he is my—he is by far my coach of the year candidate. Um, I know Nightingale has done an amazing job with the team this year, but the way uh, Mike Hastings has turned again a really down bad program who was not winning many games the past two years, and now he has them almost at number one in the country right now. I mean, it's been an absolutely amazing job. And that really, it seems like the difference is they're focusing a lot on their defensive play. Um, Kyle McClellan and Nett has been absolutely phenomenal for them so far, too, uh, outside of the Michigan State series he had. But they really have – they're really that team that is a very aggressively defensive team. They're not going to put up a lot of goals on you, but they're going to – squeeze you out defensively and they're going to take care they're going to take their opportunities where they can get them and they just play really smart hockey and they are definitely one of the better teams in the country and it's going to be really interesting to see how the end of the season goes down and if that last series uh with us in wisconsin is going to be so for speaking that of that last series i mean you, you got all Michigan State's remaining schedule. I mean, these are all almost ranked teams. I, I, I mean, don't think Notre Dame is ranked anymore. No, they other sh- than that, yeah, they're just outside. Yeah, of you the play top Michigan. 20. I believe they play them four times. Four, yep. So, and then you got Minnesota. Does this team make the tournament this year? I I think the team is going to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they've stacked up a lot of great wins already. Um, they have one at Minnesota already, uh, and an overtime loss when they went to Minnesota. Uh, they have those two regulation wins against Wisconsin. Um, I I think if they can win, I I would say three out of those six games against Wisconsin, Michigan, and uh, Minnesota. I I think they're going to be a lock for the tournament, no matter. Uh, no matter what the outcome is in the turn in the Big Ten tournament, I mean, I, this team has had a lot of quality wins so far this season. Um, I and I mean, I think they're gonna just 
continue to do that. Um, but I, I think this is going to be the first tournament team we're going to have in a while. And credit to Nightingale. He was yeah. only one win away from the tournament last year, and now he has this team pretty much a solidified tournament team yeah. right now, which is, again, an incredible job I, from him coaching. I will be the first one to admit I didn't think this was a tournament team coming into the year. I think they were ranked like 16, 17 in the preseason, and I just thought because of the amount of youth on this team, which this is a very young team, I think they only have like two seniors, three seniors. Yeah. Um I was on the board of, they're just too young. Trey Augustine's too young of a goaltender. Now we've seen him develop. What's been that difference? And now I'm fully on board. This team might might win the Big Ten. Now Wisconsin's a wagon. Michigan State's going to have to keep playing at a high level. But what's been that difference from October? Because they did have some struggles. They struggled against Air Force. Obviously, that Boston College year has got a little ugly. But what's been that difference between, let's say, when they went to Air Force to now as they head to the second half? Again, I, I think it's the net minding of Trey Augustine. Um, he was splitting a lot of reps with uh, Luca DePasquo in the start of the year. Um, I think it was Nightingale trying to warm up Augustine into sort of becoming that consistent uh, anchor at net. And we were talking about it a lot around that time uh, with Behind the Mask. I was someone who uh, just wanted to have a consistent goaltender consistently in net, and it was very frustrating to watch uh, us not be able to figure out what we can do with the goaltender. But now that we've really committed to Augustine and he sees that and that we have been telling them that he is the guy in net, he's been playing absolutely phenomenal. He had an insane November where they did not they have they didn't lose a game in regulation. They still haven't lost a game in regulation since I believe that Boston College mm-hmm. series. Um but it he's been incredible and he has consistently been the guy in net for us so far in these games and he's been the reason that we've been winning these games because he is he's not letting in more than two goals yeah. a game at this rate right now yeah and i i always as i used to play goal in hockey so the goal thought was always to give up two goals or less yeah that, that gives your team especially a team that scores at the rate michigan state does they score yeah. four goals a game they're third in the country in goals per game second in total goals behind just denver um early in the year you know you had score lines of they had a five six game against uh, air force five three six three against canisius 4-3. I've seen 6-4 loss, 5-1 loss to Boston College. Even the Ohio State Series, they had to win a couple like high-scoring games, 6-4, 5-3 went over Penn State. But then since then, the defense, for the most part, except for the one game against Minnesota, they lost 6-5. They've been playing a lot better defensively. They only gave up three goals in the whole series against Notre Dame, one goal against Fair State. I just feel like the defensive responsibility of everybody. I mean, Augustine, I think, has been playing well all year. I think he took a little bit of adjusting to get to the college level, yeah. like you said. Um but he's adapted very well. And I also think just early in the year, and Coach Nightingale, I think, also talked about this a couple times, so of the defensive responsibility, the team was getting too over-aggressive in the offensive zone, yeah. over-committing three guys below the circles. That's going to be cause problems on the back check. And now Michigan State's kind of be, become more responsible defensively. And honestly, I think their offense has been better because of it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you want to add a little bit of that before we no, close out. No, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. Um, the defensive the defensive line has been absolutely phenomenal in these past two months for Michigan State as well. Austin Orovitz has really blossomed into a great defender. He is one of those guys who's just going to pest your forwards around, and he's really that type of guy who's getting under a lot of people's skin, and he's been playing absolutely phenomenal so far these past two months. And, of course, we have the first blue line pairing of Nash Nienhaus and Artem Levshinov. Levshinov, I think, is going to be a top-five pick by the end of this year he's been playing some absolutely phenomenal hockey and Neenhouse of course as we know the captain he's having a career year again as well and that to that pairing uh defensively they they do not give up goals their plus minus is absolutely through the roof right now and they are 
probably the best defensive pairing in all of college hockey right now. And so when you have that and a really great netminder in Augustine, it's a really great recipe for success. So, I mean, overall, like you've been saying, this team is playing its best hockey all around offensively, defensively, and in net. And it's, of course, been leading to a lot of great wins, and that's why they are number eight in the country right now. We got a right question now. from a friend of the program, Nick Burt. He said, he asked you, Oscar, Michigan State hasn't won a Great Lakes Invitational since 2009. <laughs> what is it going to take for them to win this at, tournament at again? At this point, I have no <laughs> idea. I have an I answer. Cannot, I, I'm, for one, I'm astonished. Granted, we didn't have Augustine, and we didn't have Isaac Howard for that Great Lakes Invitational. Neither did we have Sturback or Ministos. We were missing four key players there, but... I am still surprised that Michigan Tech game was that close, and let alone that we lost that game in shootout. I would like it known that the GLI is a Mickey Mouse tournament ever <laughs> since it, ever since they stopped playing it at the Joe, the Joe specifically. Even LCA was a little Mickey Mouse. Now it's like full blown little Mickey bubble ring type tournament. Doesn't count. It doesn't. I, I don't care it, about it. It doesn't. Anymore. But like, I, I, you see the competition in that, and you're just like, also, how is Michigan State not winning this? I mean, also true. Michigan Tech is the second best team there, and they're not even that great. Ferris State is not good right now. And then yeah. shout out Alaska. I like the the Nanooks. They, they I, had I, they had uh they had that one win against Wisconsin, one nothing uh, after love, we beat them. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Alaska, and had they been there with like, oh, oh, by the way, Michigan just dropped out of it because I don't care. Never forget in 2020, my freshman year, when it was played at neutral or it was played on the campus sites, they dropped out because of COVID and didn't play Michigan Tech, which is a bunch of crap. Anyways, um, that's gonna do it for Michigan State hockey talk. This was fun. Um, Oscar, thank you for coming on. If you want more information about Michigan State Hockey, you want to follow them along. Obviously, Oscar, along with Cooper Evans, Sydney Isham have to do a good job. Caden Hamrick as well, joining the beat for the rest of the season. So those four will be covering the hockey team, providing all the coverage the rest of the way. You can tune into Behind the Mask. They have episodes weekly talking about Michigan State Hockey. They also talk about NHL hockey as well. So if you need some your hockey fix, Impact has you covered with Behind the Mask as well. Michigan talk State. talk about Connor Bedard being out oh, for God. Oh, no. man. My Lord and Savior, <laughs> Connor Bedard. Stop I it. Had my keep, dad, your keep your head up, I kid. had my dad tell me that it was a... It was a dirty hit. It was hit. not and a I was dirty like, hit. That is not a dirty hit. That is how yeah, hockey is played. Keep your head up, Connor. He's 18 years old. It was it was bound to happen. That he's kid an is an all-star, is, so. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. Uh, Michigan State heads to Penn State next weekend. And then the following weekend, they return to Mun Ice Arena for a split series against Michigan. And that, one of the best rivalries in all of college hockey and all of college athletics because it seems like every sport, uh, Michigan-Michigan State's always an exciting matchup. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to take a break. On the other side, Oscar stays with us as we have a college football rush presented by Joe Does. So looking forward to that after the break. Coming up, you've been listening to the Green White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Welcome back, everybody. It is 11.50 here on WDBM East Lansing. We're a little behind, but we'll catch up here on the show sheet as we get set for a college football rush with Joe Des. Um A lot of college football happened. All of bowl season happened as now we get set for the college football playoff to f- come to a fr- finale before college football is essentially ruined, which I think we'll get into here on the college football playoff um, on this rush. Um, but a lot to talk about. Had a lot of fun during the bowl season. So without further ado, Joe, take it away. Yeah, we've got question number one for Rush. What was your favorite memory or moment of the bowl season? We we have someone coming on here. Yeah, motion quick. for so, Allie. Yeah, we do explain to us what the best moment in all of bowl season was. Allie felt very passionately to share what her favorite moment of bowl season. If you follow her on Twitter, you could probably guess where this is going. 
If your favorite moment wasn't the giant Pop-Tart, what are you doing? <laughs> the giant Pop-Tart was the best thing. Like, I feel emotionally connected to the Pop-Tart. Like, oh, it wow. was something I had never... No one had ever seen a mascot be eaten before. I I love how the players were just... Yeah, like... It was like... An, like, yeah. it was like... They deserved that Pop-Tart, and they wanted I'm sorry. the Pop-Tart. I didn't... I'm sorry. The mascot was groping people. <laughs> he kept touching the referee's butt. Let him slip. Let him slip. Let him slip. It's like the meme of the HR person where depending if they're hot or not, it's funny to grab somebody's butt or not. Like, that's not well, okay. A giant Pop-Tart has permission, So just because he's, he's filled with sweet strawberry filling that he's allowed to grope sprinkles a referee. Sprinkles and sprinkles. Oh, God. Oh, this is what's wrong with America. This is this is what bowl season has come to. Is For real. In order to be relevant, we need to eat the freaking Pop-Tart. Is that what we've come to? Is that how irrelevant I the games so, are? I think so, who even Twitter played? Can you tell it. me who played in that game? I watched the whole game. Who played in it? It was K State. They won. Yeah. And who did K State play in that game? <laughs> they played NC State. There you go. I watched okay. the whole game. I told you I was watching. What's funny it. is I didn't watch the game because it was an awful matchup. But I watched the game <laughs> and I watched for the pop tart. But I watched the game. That was enough. Oh my! Justice for the pop tart. Thank you. Shout out to the Mayo Bowl. Like, okay, I I just I thought of my example. Mayo if bowl. the Mayo Bowl mascot started touching people's butts, he'd be on every a list in America. <laughs> that's, um, that's different though. Like, it's mayo, different, is it mayo, different though? It is because Mayo is a whole different like it's a whole different thing than a pop tart. You don't like Mayo? No, I, I like I don't know how you could. Okay, well, Joe, Jay, what was your favorite moment of bowl season? Oh man, Uh... I don't know. I, I I really the Holiday Bowl is actually really fun to watch. Yeah. Even without Caleb Williams, I can't remember his name. Right I now. think it's it's Michael Moss. I, no, I don't. I right. have no idea. Malcolm the USC back quarterback went off. He threw for like five touchdowns. He's taken over Caleb Williams' spot already. Yeah, Miller um, Moss is and, and their for. win against uh, Louisville. So that that was pretty. That was pretty fun to watch. I mean, bowl season just sucks. Like <laughs> okay, there. Thank you. I'm uh, glad somebody I said it. Even. Tom Izzo said, because uh, I was at the press conference earlier this week, he says, with all these opt-outs, it's just because he was talking about after the press conference how bad it is. Yeah, My favorite moment of bowl season was, well, it wasn't really a favorite moment. It was just like, uh, like I watched the Alamo Bowl, which was fun to watch, yeah. between Arizona and Oklahoma, which I think was the best non-near uh, six bowl. Um, Noah Fafita can throw a football better than anybody I've seen in a while. Like he has an absolute can of an arm. He's like five. He's like they kept calling him Kyler Murray with Patrick Mahomes' arm, which I was like, I did not ready for this. It was like a Tuesday night. Um, but I just I watched him play quarterback, and I go, why does Arizona get this, but Michigan State doesn't have a quarterback that can throw a football like that? Hey, it can't be that hard hey, to find a we quarterback. Have, we have the second coming here already. Hey, oh, we'll we have see. the second coming. Here. I don't know if Aiden Childs is the second coming. We have the second. I don't. Coming I here. wouldn't. Put that seems a bit much. Did, do was, you realize that he is probably the most explosive quarterback we've ever had in MSU? That's history? not saying much. It's that's not, a, such a low but bar. Still, <laughs> but it's still crazy to think about, isn't it? Brian Lewerke <laughs> is the most athletic quarterback this school has ever seen. That is a problem. Tell child. <laughs> that's bad. Damian Terry was supposed to be the Messiah. If he turns out to be Damian Terry, I will be angry. <laughs> Anyways, we got the brand new football building, a kitty corner from Holden Hall, and I swear. <laughs> anyways, um, what was your favorite moment of bowl season, Oscar? Um, I mean, I gotta, I gotta go with a simple one here. It, I think it's got to be the Rose Bowl for me. I know it was Michigan playing in it against <laughs> Alabama. It, uh, Michigan gripe aside, it was probably one of the greatest football games I've ever watched in my life. What's it, 
was there was we'll, so much in it. We'll talk about the, the Rose Bowl in it, a second. We'll show? talk about it. I will go into it later. Joe, but. do you have a favorite moment from bowl season? This seems like a Joe does slated <laughs> question. Like I feel like you have a great answer for this. Yeah, I really liked waiting like 20 minutes to watch a QB sneak on the final play of the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah it, well, it wasn't supposed to be a QB sneak. Tommy now, Bu- now Buckeye, now Buckeye, Seth McLaughlin. Oh, I can't. Was th- to thank for that game. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Tommy Reese can. He, he's let's, out. Let's move on. Let's let's, <laughs> let's move on. The question. Let's go to question number two. Yeah. Jack was giving some info about the Fenway Bowl in Fenway Park. Fen- that was awful. I can't I believe I thought this. SMU was going to win that game, let alone cover. <laughs> Anyways, Boston College sucks. Any go. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Boston College fan either. Don't worry. Screw them. Go question number two. Oh, question number two. Okay, my bad. You kept teeing me up. I want zeros. I've given everything I can. Here. Okay, rush question number two. Are you in or out on bowl season? Are we witnessing the death of college the football? Obvious. <laughs> the, the second part of that question was that uh, is, brought to you by Nick Burt. He I, wanted me to add that on. <laughs> oh, I'm out 100 percent. All these opt outs. You don't know who's playing. Yeah, it's bowl, just completely on bowl glorified scrimmage. It's just not fun to watch at all. Um, I, I feel like. The transfer portal should open after bowl season. I think uh, it we, sh- probably we should also we shouldn't have signing day until after the early signing day I is agree. the stupidest thing as well. Hopefully that changes because the college football playoff will get in the way of it. Yeah, but I I, I am out on bowl season as well. Um, I do think the twelve team is going to help it a little bit. It'll give us more to actually well, care yeah, about well, throughout my, the entire season. My question is: Is bowl season? Like is it actually I, I dead or I no? I think it's dead because they haven't announced that bowl games are done. I they think it's a- I think it's going to be dead. I don't think there's any way they can do bowl games when the college football playoff is going to be for the entire month of December and then through the I first agree. week of January. I I I don't see a way in which anyone would care about any of these bowl games that are going on during in yeah. a time in which the 12 team playoff is going on for the whole month. Just yes or no, no explanation. Is are we witnessing the death of college football, Jay? Uh... Oh man, I'm gonna say yes. I feel Oscar, like I just, I, these bowl games. I, bowl games are a part of college football. It's a big part of it, and it, it just sucks the way it's going. I I gotta say no. I think the 12 team is gonna help it a lot. I and I I wanna I wanna stay faithful and I wanna stay hopeful about college football because I think it's such a it's such a great thing that we have, and we just we, we just need someone to take control of it, it everything might. and just. Figure it out. I think, in my opinion, the college football playoff at 12 is kind of the solution. I have been to support the 2014 playoff because then you can have every... Because I'm going to be pissed when the undefeated Sunbelt champion goes to the college football playoff instead of a 10-2 and two SMU team out of the that, AAC. That like, I think that's the problem. Giving the top-ranked... That, that's such an objective thing. Either all the conference champions should be in or, to be fair, none of them should be guaranteed to be in. It either should be just the top 12 teams, which I'm fine with, or... All conference champions are in, and if you do twenty-four teams, now we have a we have nine conferences, so you still have fifteen at-large teams on top I, of the conference. I think champions. they're trying to. I think they're trying to uh, walk the line between four best teams and four deserving teams a little too much with this way with four the way they're teams. trying to do the twelve. It's team. a playoff. Four best teams. I, I agree. I think it does and, should be four stay four best teams instead of four most deserving. And, um, yeah, and this year's going to be a disaster too because um, now with if, if we've looked at the schedules, all these conferences are trying to create the best matchups, especially early on. Where I think Michigan plays like four potential playoff. They play, teams. They play Texas week two. Right. They Michigan plays like four potential playoff teams of a four team playoff, not even a twelve team playoff. If there's a four team playoff for next year. Um, 
they're, Michigan plays four teams that are very much in contention. That they're not going to win all those games. And I mean, if they do, they do. But I can't. I find it hard to believe. So you're going to have a lot of two lost teams now with the way the conference expansion. Um, but we'll see. Uh, next rush question, Joe. Yeah, a couple of these are going to have to do a little bit quick. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll speed through. This one's a really speed one. Yeah, yeah. Is Ryan Day a fraud? Jay, one, two, three. Yes! yes! Absolutely. When you're one and three, I think he's one and three against Michigan now, Something and then you lose like to fraud. Mizzou. I mean, no disrespect to Mizzou. I'm sorry, but, but like, three points that's, is that, that actually, was, it's, I know he that didn't is have Marvin Harrison Jr. Or he, obviously, or McCord transferred to Syracuse, but like. Three points is still crazy. This is awful. Like, Ryan Day has had a really good record at OSU, but like, you you got to win the big game eventually. All right, uh, let's so. get, let's uh, kind of move this next question, yeah. Joe. Yeah, who impressed all of you the most in the semis of the college football playoffs? I mean, it has to be Michigan. I, I, I yeah, Michigan. I what they did. I don't think Michigan or Alabama looked that good. I think both of them kind of like. I think the better game was the Washington Texas game. Both those teams played very well, in I, my opinion. I think it had to do with the fact that I think both Michigan and Alabama are, are a lot more defensive oriented teams but than it just, it felt, Texas. Washington I, are right. I know those teams are more offensive minded, but it felt the offense was ugly. Like it wasn't even like it was bad offense where the defense was just playing good. Like the offense just like at times yeah. for both teams couldn't move the ball. But Michigan's front four is just so dominant and that really controlled the game. So I'm gonna go Michigan. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go Michigan. I'm gonna go more specifically though. I think JJ McCarthy really impressed me throughout the semifinals. I mean, <laughs> you can you can hate the guy. You can hate the guy <laughs> as much as you want. I don't know if there are that many quarterbacks in college football <laughs> who could, with the game on the line, down seven, drive you down the field and get you a touchdown. Gross. I don't Michael, know how Michael many Pettis college would, quarterbacks. I There's not that many who could do that. And J.J. proved that he could do that against one of the best teams uh, in the country. It, Whatever. I, I don't like the guy, but you got to give credit where credit is. Gross. Due. Next question. <laughs> J.J. McCarthy had my respect for a total of five minutes in that game, and then after came out he, and tried validating the cheating he stuff. Was, yeah. the, walking around yeah, barefoot. Does, on, <laughs> he walked barefoot on this the guy, Rose Bowl. That this is, guy is sacred ground. J.J. McCarthy Put your shoes is on. the most alpha quarterback, by the way, I've ever heard of in my life. If you didn't hear about how he beat depression in high school, it is the most alpha thing I've ever heard of in my life. How, how do you beat? He yeah, Googled beat it. Pre- that's it. He just Googled it. <laughs> he Googled. He Googled it, and he said that's all. It, that's that's all he had to do. Put your shoes on, <laughs> he JJ. Googled he Googled it. I hope during the national championship game he walks around barefoot and steps in Ben Herb Street's crap. <laughs> oh I hope God, that happens. That's crazy. Okay, next question. Okay, oh next God. question on the board. Oh, we move on from that. <laughs> Did Texas miss the its best chance at a title? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I no. think they did. Because, like, like I said, the conference, the schedule of the conferences gets really tough now. They had a really good team. I just, I don't know. I don't think they, that they're not going to win one under Shark. Like, he's done a great job. I think they missed a really good shot at one. I'm going to go yes just because they're going to the SEC next year and that, that competition gets, gets so much more tougher. That's more my logic behind it. Um, I... But Arch Manning, I am an Arch Manning believer. We'll see how he does. Maybe Quinn Ewers comes back next year. But, I mean, Arch Manning, I... He's the real deal. So I, I'm gonna have to go no here. I mean, their their SEC schedule is not that hard next year. I, I don't think they play too many top tier teams. I think they might play Georgia, but I think that's about it. Besides, obviously the Oklahoma game, but uh, I think Texas is. I think they're going to be consistently back. Um, Steve Sarkeesian has done an amazing job there. He's recruiting at a very high level. Obviously, he got Arch Manning to come for with millions of dollars, but. Um, I think they're going to be able to continue to recruit really well. Yes, they had a really great team this year all around, but I think they're going to 
be able to continue this uh, momentum, and I don't think they missed their best shot. We'll see. Um, next question, Joe. Yeah, next question. Did the committee get the right four teams for the college football playoffs? Yes. I believe so. No. If you, well, thank I, God Alabama, I, I, I truly believe so Georgia would have been I, Georgia, Georgia should, and Georgia falling from one to six she doesn't yeah. get talked about enough for being co- kind of awful because I got it. Got to win they, the game. But my question is, is if they lose to Bama in mid, if they lose mid November, they make the college football. It's just because they lost the conference championship game when they had proven all year they were the, arguably the best team in college football, let alone one of the top four. Like it, at at one point in the season. Up until, I think, the Alabama game, they were thought to be the best team in the country. And Alabama's not a bad team, but I think we saw against Michigan why Bama struggled. The, the Bama team we saw against Michigan was the one that almost lost to Auburn yeah. and almost lost to USF, not the team that beat Georgia. And not that we didn't get Bama's best, but I, I still think Georgia should have been in. Bama I, I, a prayer in the Iron Bowl, so... like true, I, And that's, that's why I just think that, to be completely honest, I think they should have put Georgia in over Alabama. But... Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think it's but it, hindsight's for twenty twenty. So I'm not yeah. gonna like get up here and and complain. Uh, but I just think that Bama did not look like a top four team in the country against Michigan. I I think they I think they got the four right. I mean Alabama they they won their SEC championship. Georgia didn't. I mean it sucks that it does come down to that game, but we see it with Michigan and Ohio State all the time. That playoff spot usually for the for the past three years has come down to that game. Uh, I so I think. Really, the precipice that it shouldn't matter off one game um, kind of gets lost because I mean, most of these games are most well, of these teams are requiring I, I, I think or it need comes, one game well, it, to win, and it comes back to deserving versus four best. Because yeah. I think it was four most deserving. Yeah, Bama deserved to be in. They won the conference championship. Four best. I think Georgia is still. They've proven all year. They have. I don't think anybody else has beaten. They beat. I think Missouri, Tennessee. And Ole Miss by like a like an average of like twenty points. Yeah. So, but it, it, again, it's it, conference championships matter. I think, and you got it. You got to win the games that you got. And last question, Joe. Final question for the segment: Who wins tomorrow? Michigan. Uh, I, has, I hate to say it, but yeah. their front force is too dominant right now. I, a team has not won the BCS national or a national championship with as bad of Washington's defense since 2010, and that was Auburn with Cam Newton. So I I don't think it I don't think a defense that is as badly ranked as Washington mm-hmm. can win a national championship. Unfortunately, I, I'm gonna go. I think Washington wins. Really? I think <laughs> my logic behind it is Michigan had to blitz, and they're going to send blitzes against Michael Penix. The difference is is Alabama, they're Bread and butter is throwing the ball down the field. Washington can just dump off and throw screens all day. And their receivers are good enough. They're going to get open and make things happen. I understand Will Johnson against Roma Dunze is going to be a great matchup. Michigan, I don't. Uh, Mike Sanders still versus Jalen McMillan. I take Jalen McMillan or Jalen Polk. Um, I think Dylan Johnson, if he's healthy. I mean, we've seen Washington lose game. They, they've won everything this year. They've won games. Like, I look at the Oregon game. Game one against in Seattle, they lost the line of scrimmage and still found a way to win. Now they dominated the line of scrimmage against Oregon in the conference championship, and they also won that game. So um, I think people don't give Washington's front, especially in terms of run game, enough credit. And their defensive line, it's not elite, but I still think it's plenty good enough to win that football game. And I don't think Michigan's run game is dominant enough to run down the throat and keep the ball out of Michael Penix's hands. And Michigan has not seen a quarterback like Michael Penix anywhere near as close. to. I mean, Jalen Milrow was the best quarterback they saw all year, and Jalen Milrow is not the passer that Michael Penix is. And we saw Penix 
can run, and he showed a lot of mobility that we haven't seen because A, he is on his third ACL, and B, he just hasn't needed to run all year, but he showed glimpses of it against Texas. So I think Texas gets it done, or Washington, excuse me, gets it done over Michigan. But it's going to be a great football game. I'm excited. It will be great. So most excited. I've been for a national championship in a while. We are very over break, but we'll make up the time. We we will make it work. Um, After this break, we're going to have a college hoops buy or sell with Joe Des. This will probably be a little bit of a quicker segment. Uh, just be me and JDC. Oscar, thank you for coming on. Uh, we might need you here for the Lions segment. We'll see. Oh, we haven't figured out. So uh, we'll make we'll we'll figure it out. But yes, it is 12:07 here on this Sunday morning in the first green and white of 2024. We'll be back after this break to the green and white report. 12:10 on this Sunday. Time for a college basketball. Buy or sell, college hoops, buy or sell with Joe does. It'll be a similar style, Joe. Buy or sell, ask the question. Um, so let's get right into it. Yeah, this one should be a little bit faster. Yes, back right into what we needed to be back on for Trek here. We'll so, be fine. Yeah, buy or sell. Shock is smart is a fraud. Yes. This is for JDC. I'm yes. sorry. Buy, buying it. Shout out Willie Coster, who goes to Marquette, my brother. But I'm sorry. He just <laughs> he can't win in March. I know he ran into Tom Mizzle last year, but you saw we did at Texas in the COVID year. He loses, I think, to who they lose to? North Texas? Or no, yeah. Purdue. They lost to some bad. Oh, no, they lost Abilene to Christian. Uh, Abilene, Abilene Christian. Christian. Uh, yeah, Shaka Smart no is cats. a fraud. They're, they might win the Big East again, but like you got to do something in March. No. Shaka. So Dan Hurley has something to say about that at UConn. Yeah, Shaka Smart's a fraud. Waka Shaka, Waka as I like to call him. Um, not a fan. Hey, Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, for those that didn't see him playing defense down the, on the in the corner out against our game last week, uh, did not get teed up because why would you? Him in his stupid undershirt underneath the polo. I, I just cannot stand Chaka Smart. He bothers me. Um, but anyways, let's move on to number two. That was quick. I just wanted to slander Waka or uh, Chaka Smart. <laughs> no worries. Okay, buy or sell. Jawan Howard is employed on March first. I mean, buy because I mean. Uh, Ward Manuel's just going to keep him until... Ward Manuel's a puppet, but yeah, that's, which probably supports your We're not going to bash Michigan the, sh- the entire show, but I mean, we j- there's no chance they fired Juwan in season, but he is gone after, after this year. Well, uh, we just found out Juwan is not coaching this afternoon, which that game just tipped off, if I'm not mistaken, at noon. They they're, they're, they're at the Palestra. Why so, Penn State so plays Phil a Martelli's game? So coaching, so that means Michigan's winning. Correct. Um, live bet Michigan right now, <laughs> if you can. I don't even know what the score is. Uh, are you looking for the remote? It should be over. Th- I don't know where it is. Alex I don't trying care. to get the well, Michigan Penn State game. Oh, I have speak. it. Anyways, here you but, go. Uh, I'll multitask. Uh, I don't but anyway, Juwan Howard should not lose be to Minnesota employed. at home. That is that's really bad. I saw I, my favorite tweet of the week was Scott Frost. It was who wins in a three point game with two minutes left, Scott Jeez. Frost or Juwan Howard? And God. the person somebody said. If it's football, Jawan Howard. If it's basketball, it's Scott Frost. Because both those coaches are awful late in games. Um, I don't know how you can. Jawan's so bad. He's not worth the squeeze. Like, all he does is cause problems for your program. And Michigan was not an elite basketball program when John Beeline left, but they were very good. And I got in this argument with mm-hmm. AJ and Serdanic before the break because I'm still searching for what Jawan Ball is. Um, still looking, by the way. Uh, it's like the Holy Grail. Um, Holy Grail. And I I just don't get it. Yeah. Like the the program is in shambles right it now, is. and I I just I don't understand it. I think he should be he shouldn't be employed. I'm buying that he's not employed. I think they do fire him because Phil Martelli might be able to salvage something at least get them to the NIT. Uh, but we'll see. So. Okay, next question. After that one is Purdue wins the Big Ten regular season title. Bye. Buy or sell? Bye. 
Um, I'm going to buy it, but I don't love that I'm buying it. I'm going to look at their schedule, but, like, I mean, they thrashed Maryland on the road. I mean, Zach Eadie's going to win the Wooden Ward again. He's a generational... Generational big man. Generational generational genes being (laughs) 7'4". Pretty much. Uh, Braden Smith and a foster lawyer, or foster lawyer, uh, Fletcher lawyer. Same uh, thing. Very, very solid uh, in the backcourt. Another year of experience for them. I mean, just the rest of the yeah. Big Ten just They're, isn't, yeah. isn't going to come here like, with Purdue. Like, I know they lost to Northwestern. I will buy that. There's like four teams that are good in the Big Ten. There's Purdue. Michigan State is now playing Illinois. like a top team. Yeah. Illinois and Wisconsin. Pretty Everybody much. else is kind of mid or yeah. not mid or bad. Much. Um, so we'll see. I mean, uh, uh, let's move on to the next question because a team that we don't know exactly how good they are. <laughs> Okay. And please say it like it's uh, typed out. Yeah, I was not planning okay. on changing okay. that word. Do not worry. Buy or sell. Nebraska ball makes Nebraska the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2014. I don't know. I don't know. Number one, they got I, had, I, I had to history. look it up. Nebraska, because I, I thought they had made it in a long time. I guess they made it in 2014, which that March Madness is Mickey Mouse. That's the year UConn beat Kentucky in the championship yeah. game in a 7-8 versus eight matchup. Michigan State should have gone to a Final Four. Screw you, Kevin Ollie. Um <laughs> But yeah, I guess Nebraska made the tournament in 2014. So will they end the 10 year drought? I don't think so, unfortunately. Um, they haven't really played anybody, and they did beat Michigan State, uh, but they just got beat pretty handily by Wisconsin. They were on the road, correct? Because I know they beat yes. Indiana this week. They're a solid team. I think they're going to be like one of those bubble teams, and maybe they sneak in after yeah. like a. They maybe they go on a run during yeah. the Big Ten tournament, but I don't think they. I'm selling that. Hey, they beat. Uh, they were on the road at Kansas State and beat them by 18. So I mean I know Kansas State isn't very like that great this year, but I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna sell. I just I don't see much from this this team as of yet. Maybe if they beat Purdue, then yes. But I just uh, Casey Talmanog is a very very good shooter. Other than that, I just uh, I just don't. I mean Rick Mass is back, so we'll see how he does. But yeah, I'm gonna sell. All right, next question, Joe. Next one on the board: Buy or sell? This is the best the ACC has been since COVID. I mean, North Carolina is really good. Uh, they beat uh, Clemson. They beat Clemson, correct? Yes. Yes. They, they beat Clemson, Clemson on the road. On the road. Is a, Clemson's a very good team this year. Duke, I don't know. Duke's got a lot of talent. I think because they almost lost to Notre Nor- Dame yesterday. Um, Michael Shrewsbury, more plays than Broadway. I'm gonna sell. I love Michael Shrewsbury. <laughs> I mean, it's North Carolina, Duke, and I mean Clemson. I guess. I mean, who else is Virginia really is there? a pretty good team, I think. Well, Louisville and Notre Dame are dog water, oh, like in the worst way possible. They are awful. Actually, Notre Dame is fighting. Is played their last three games. They almost beat NC State. Like they're actually fighting above their weight class, just because Michael Shrewsbury love him to death, doing a great job, as best he can. Even though he lost to the Citadel, I think this is the best the ACC has been since COVID, simply because the ACC has been awful since COVID. Yeah, like they really just have been not good at all. Um. So that's my basis that I'm buying that. Not that it's great and it's nowhere near the best um, conference in college basketball, which we'll get into in a second. But I'm going to buy it, but it's not like it's an impressive ACC. But I think there's a lot of good teams in the ACC, which we haven't seen in a while. Okay, next one up. Would you buy or sell that the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball by a large margin? I think the SEC is right there. I don't think the AC, the SEC has what the Big 12 has this year because they now expanded and they added Houston, who might be the best team in the country. They add 
BYU. Did BYU beat Cincinnati last night? They They're lost. Big, they lost? Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes, they lost they that lost. game? They were like at 12. home. Oh, my God. To Cincinnati. Well, this kind Cincinnati's of, first Big 12 win at BYU. BYU is a very good team. They, well, that, but. Apparently not. They lost to Cincinnati. At home. I still think BYU is a solid team. But, um, they are a solid team, but still. That I'm just... looking at the SEC, Tennessee, who throttled Ole Miss yesterday. Yeah, I don't, Ole Miss isn't on the... as good as people think, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Kentucky went on the road at Florida and won. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the SEC... Uh, Auburn hammered Auburn's the must really good. Very underrated. Um, Bruce Pearl, baby. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss isn't that great. Um, but, the, I mean, you look at these other teams... I just the SEC is really good. A Texas A&M is also very solid, even though they the record doesn't show it. I still think they could be, uh, still think make make the NCAA tournament. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sell for now. I think the SEC is right there. I'm by. I really I don't think I think the Big Twelve is Kansas, who's elite. Baylor, who's elite. Other than their defense isn't that great. You have um, Texas, who's very good. Texas Tech is a solid team. You have TCU, who Kept Kansas close, and then you have Houston. Um, I know I'm missing somebody. Um, Texas BYU. lost yesterday. Yeah, they lost to t- Texas Tech. I mean, I just think but, yeah. the Big 12 is so deep, especially with what they added. Iowa State's a solid team. Now, their net ranking's really inflated because they haven't played anybody yet, uh, but I still think they're good as well. But, I mean, we'll see. I just The Big 12 has the been The Big East is the best. Shout out, Nick Oh, Bird. God. No. <laughs> that The Big East is UConn and everybody else. And UConn, even UConn Marquette, isn't. Even though Marquette's, Marquette's fraudulent. Villanova doesn't know what here. team it wants to be. They just lost to St. John's. Um, DePaul and Georgetown was one of the games of all time. Which um, we'll get to DePaul oh, speak of that, Look at that. <laughs> that tees you right up, Joe. <laughs> it's a perfect segue, Matt. Buy or sell. The DePaul Blue Demons win a conference game yes, this year. Because they host Georgetown at Wintrust Arena. And they're going to win that game, and then they're not going to win any other game because oh. DePaul has been the worst team of my lifetime. A uh, Chicago's Big East team. <laughs> they're the only Big East team in Chicago. I hope they're Chicago's Big East team. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I I got to lo- win one. I love Georgetown's that horrible. yesterday, Jay, you and I were at an establishment, and I said there was a DePaul question coming up for today, and you said, is it DePaul wins a conference game? And I said, yes, it is, actually. That is the question of the day. Um, I'm going to sell. I don't think they win one. They win, a, they win a game in the Big East tournament, but that doesn't count. They don't win a regular season conference game. They go winless, and then they beat... Xavier in night one at Madison Square Garden in a yeah. cavernous game at noon on a Wednesday, and they find a way to win that one. And Shout then out Tony Stubblefield for feeling Tony one of the Stubblefield, worst, one of the worst college basketball. He's got that blank teams. look on his face. Yeah. Um. Anyways, next question, Joe. Next question, the final one for the buy or sell. Two. Oh, jeez, I read that wrong. My bad. You're good. Okay, second to final one for this segment, buy or sell. Kentucky is the team to beat in the SEC. I think Tennessee's right there. Um, um, yeah, Bowen Connect is really good. One of the great transfer from, uh, I believe he's from Northern Colorado. That sounds right. Um, right now, right now I'm going to sell because I really like Tennessee. Um, so I, I think Tennessee's right there, but it's going to be really close. So yeah, I'm selling as well. I think. I mean, Kentucky's really good. I think they might be the best team, but like, yeah. I don't know if they're the team to beat. Like, Purdue's the team to beat in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, I don't even know who the other teams to beat are in the other conferences. Like, it's so tight. For uh, Arizona, I guess is the team to beat in the Pac-12, which we're about to talk about them. Um, but yeah, I, th- I mean, they're good, and I think that's really good SEC, like we talked about. So that's why I don't think they're the team to beat. So I'm selling Kentucky. Well, then we have one last buy or sell question for the final one in this segment. 
buy or sell, this is the year that Arizona wins it all. See, you lose to Stanford at, on the road by like 18. So, man, I will, I'm going to buy, though. I like some of the transfers they got. Kante Johnson, who had a really good game against Michigan State. Uh, some of their big men are just really good. Um, I think, this, I mean, it's just it's so wide open this year because, um, you know, Purdue, they could choke again. Houston, we haven't seen what they can do in March. I think Arizona can definitely do it, so I will buy. Yeah, this question was sparked by my, I was on the phone with my dad yesterday. Shout out, Dad. And he said, I think I found this year's UConn after one week of watching college hoops. And I go, who is it? Who could this possibly be? And he goes, Arizona. And I said, no. No, I'm selling this. Uh, they uh, they don't win in March. Like every year, yeah, they find a way to blow it. They also have a really good Princeton. They, they did lose to a good Princeton year. team, but they just every year they have they've had really good teams the last couple of years, and they just can't put it together. I don't see it being any different this year. I think they're just much better teams. Um, they looked really good against Michigan State, and a game I thought Michigan State actually played pretty well in on Thanksgiving. Uh, but I just I don't see it. This isn't the one. Like the year they two years ago when they had Benedict Matherin. They should have won it all that yeah. year, and I had them. I think I had them in my national championship game because I thought they were that good. Um, but yeah, so I'm selling Arizona. So that's gonna do it for college hoops by ourselves. Thank you, Joe. Did a great job asking the questions. Uh, do you have any takes on these? Do you have any ones that kind of stand out to you that you're like, yes, I buy this, or yes, I sell this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like Purdue is pretty obviously gonna win the Big Ten regular season title, so I would probably buy into that one, but. Really hope not. Really hope someone finds a way to stop Edie. I just don't really see it when there's a seven foot four guy in college so basketball. There, there's some Mackey. There's some Catholic school in the Northeast that's just licking its chops right now. So no <laughs> worries, people. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna take a quick break. On the other side, we'll mesh together Lions talk with some of our NFL preview here. So we have about 37 minutes left until the final slate of Week 18 college football or NFL football kicks off this weekend. So. Uh, we'll be back after this quick break here on the Green and White Report. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM. I just realized that the button for the breaks was turned off, so I, I apologize if you had like two and a half minutes of dead air. That's on me. My bad. Um, welcome back. Now time for some NFL talk. We're going to mesh Lions talk with our Week 18 NFL preview. I don't know why it says Week 17. Um, and then we'll take a break, come back for our picks and gambling corner, which should be a fun way to end the show. So let's start off. Um, it's been a while since we talked Lions. We do have some resident Lion fans. Allie Cohen joining us back here wearing her Lions hoodie. Oscar Henderson, uh, another Detroit native, wearing a hoodie with the Red Wings and Tiger logo on close it. Enough. Uh, close enough. Close <laughs> enough. Um, we will talk Tigers and Red Wings eventually. We almost did today, but then I was like, no, that's just not. No, thank you. Because then it meant we would have had to talk about the Pistons, and I'm just not giving I'll be up. Talking, I'll be talking a lot about the Red Wings tomorrow on Behind the Mask. Oh, yes. I will be talking a Make lot sure about that. Make sure to tune in. Make sure to tune in when that's posted. Uh, that will be posted on our Twitter as well when it's ready to be listened to and enjoyed by our lovely listeners out there. Uh, Jack David is here as well, joining us, our NFL correspondent. He's a happy man as yeah. the Steelers are in, a, okay. are in position. They're in the position stand. to we be are, in. We are big Finns fans. We are big Titans fans today. You're in Let's position to be in position. Yes. What, what do the Steelers need to get into the playoffs? So we need um, either the Titans to beat the Jags at 1 o'clock. Or we need the Dolphins to beat the Bills uh, tonight. So the Jaguars can miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm Will Levis, please, please. <laughs> after what I had to witness last night, the, the well, I'll get to it in a minute. I'll get okay. to the whole Colts game in a minute. Let's start with the Lions. So last time we met, they had not clinched a division title, I believe, or had they? 
Um, it was, they it was December 10th. I don't think they had clinched yet. No, but yet. Look at that. They were close. And the first time, I believe, in show history, the Lions are division champs on the Green and White Report. Trent Bally can't be here, and that breaks my heart. Um, he's probably listening right now. Trent, I love you, man. This is this is for you. Um, I, You deserve this. You should have been on air for this day because, man, it, man, like I'm Dan Campbell. Man. Um, man. <laughs> listen, man. Oh. Uh, we should have gone for it from the seven. Uh, anyways, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so Lions division champs. And then last Saturday, I wish we would have had a show on Sunday morning last week because it would have been fresh in our minds after the debacle that it would happened. Have been a fuel rage. I'm going to advise. <laughs> Allie knows how I feel about what happened last Saturday. But Oscar, I'm warning you, I have no sympathy for what happened in Dallas. I hate I, you so I, much. <laughs> I already hate you. I just hope you know. I feel no sympathy. I'm glad you guys are here because it wouldn't have been the same with Jack and Jay who don't have any dog in the fight. I, so, Oscar, I'll give you your chance. Just your thoughts on what happened last Saturday in Jerry's Are you world. okay? Are you okay? I mean... There, I, you can get help. There are outlets on this I campus just, to help I, you. I can't believe that even with the incredible season that we had, we still just get screwed over. You did okay. get okay. screwed over. I okay. have comments, okay. but I, I will let you go. I, I cannot believe that it's just, it's every it's every year. Every year. No matter what. No matter how good, no matter how bad this team is, something bad will always happen. And this is what happened. This is the bad thing that happened. I cannot believe we lost the two seed like that. That was the, that was the, that was the worst way to lose a two seed. We could have had two home playoff games. Now we're only guaranteed. To have I would one. like it known that you can still get the two seed if Sam Howell. Or it's what? not happening. Okay, fair. It's, that's, it's that's not happening. Probably right. The commanders just, suck. It's not happening. Okay. That's true. Valid. 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 But it, it was, oh, it was awful. Allison, would you like to share your thoughts? Okay, I have a different thought than Oscar, just because it's time to fuck. Oh. It's time to get over already. It's time to get over already. Okay, I am, I, I am a Lions fan through and through. But yesterday, I was driving back to the city, and every single billboard on the highway was Decker reported, or the Lions are 12-4. and four. No, you are not. You lost the game. Because we should be. I No, but it's been a week now, and... My thing is also, yes, the ref made the mistake. Very upset about it at the time. But even if he called the right number, if he called the right number, he would have been covered and there would have been no guarantee he won that. Well, he would have caught that. And then they wouldn't have issues with I that. I don't know if there's a guarantee that he was going to be covered. I have a question. I really want – I had, nobody's asked this as far as I know, and I need an answer. So when they do – when you report your eligible receiver, they announce it to the entire stadium of yep. who checked in. Mm -hmm. So Jared Goff or somebody on the Lions' sideline had to have heard and said, Skipper, no, we want Decker. And somebody has to run up to the referee and go, hey, you checked in the wrong guy. Now, I know you don't have any timeouts left, so I'm not really sure what the procedure is there, but at least Jared Goff probably should have lined up and said, well, the guy I need to throw to here isn't actually an eligible receiver, so we probably can't run this play. Like burn a no, timeout. But, well, they didn't have maybe a timeout. We don't have, well, a timeout. have a, But I don't know what the, I don't know what the procedure is. I've never seen a ref get the wrong number. Usually they tell them before the game, like, "Hey, we have this he play, and it's for ago. Taylor right. Decker," but, uh, and they totally just right, like wait. Right. They totally blew but, it. But my problem is, is that yes, they told the ref, and he messed up in the moment. And is that, am I making an excuse for him? Kind of. Um, but my thing, he's getting punished. So, but he's getting pun and he is getting punished. And 
like people were like all pissed off that he was roughing the game yesterday against us. So I'm like that game didn't. I mean, it mattered because the Steelers had to win. Nothing. But it's a prime time game. That game was awful. But I'm like, but I I'm simply sitting here and just saying, a. You had other chances during the game to win that football game. You had two turnovers. You scored zero points off turnovers in that game against Dallas. You had every opportunity to go out. Goff and take did it. not play well. Goff did not play particularly well. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm not saying. I don't feel bad. I really don't. They, I also i I understand that it definitely was not the best game that we played, but I think it's got to say something to the fact that we didn't play that game very well, and it still came down to right. that very last play and. That's I think all that matters, and we we got screwed out of the last play. I, well, I mean, Oscar, I have a question for you. Okay, so once that happened and they had to go for it again, would you have gone for it or would no? You I would have taken. I okay. would have taken my. I would have taken my field goal. And my no one goal. else is talking about that on Twitter. Like, why? No one is mad I, at Dan Campbell. I as a, a as a Lions fan, I'm angry at Dan Campbell for that. I agree. I think he should have went for the one, but I understand him sticking with his guns. I understand I, him telling his off. The he, universe he said, told him think, three times but he said that, that was I, I not the play. I understand sticking with the guns. He told his offense, if we it. go down and score, we're going for two and winning this game. You can't. You know how good Dallas's offense is <laughs> at, at home. They are one of the best offenses in the entire NFL. They don't lose at home. They are, I'm pretty sure, still undefeated now. Shouldn't be undefeated, but that's neither here nor there. I, I don't think you have. I think the best chance you have winning that game is winning it in that moment. I, I don't think they would have I, I think Dan Campbell knew and I think most of us would have known if that game went to overtime Dallas was going to win it so I think that's why he stuck with it because he I, knew he I had have, to win the game th- there I have two trains of thought for what happened in Dallas number one Dan Campbell showed he does not trust his kicker I know they switched Badgley in for Patterson we don't have a good kicker you don't have a kicker so I think that's more I think, I think that was more revealing yes. the other thing though I give Dan Campbell a lot of credit for is the the mindset of Lions fans and you kind of like showed it at the very beginning talking about how every year you get screwed not that like not that I'm I am kind of you know I don't really feel sympathetic toward it but at the same time it does happen like I understand there's a lot of stuff and there's I there's reason to believe why the NFL is out to get you and stuff and there's only one way to overcome that and that is to be honest the mindset of Dan Campbell where is you're sticking to your guns and he literally does not care what anybody else thinks like he's going for it like that's his mindset and he's over aggressive to a fault but i think that over aggressiveness is honestly the reason why this team is succeeding exceeding yes. expectations like they are um hello Good morning. Hey. Thank well, AJ Evans, Jack Stager, and Zach Sardenic are now in studio. And JMO. Hi, JMO. You know, the whole crew. <laughs> Great to be back. Uh, hey, oh, AJ, we're talking about the Lions right now, so you can get your thoughts on the uh, did what, Decker report. What do you think about the Taylor Decker stuff? He reported. He did. Super Bowl this year. That's all I have to say. Oh, oh, that's what you guys say? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, hey, what's going to happen when Matt Stafford walks into Ford Field that's and does what he's done It's not all. happening. That's not you don't think it's happening? I got ran personally, but, you know. It's not happening. What Green Bay wins? To- if Green Bay wins today and the Niners win, as well as Tampa Bay, that makes Green Bay the six, um, oh. which would mean that the Packers I, would head into Detroit rather than. I'll take Green Bay there I'll too. Take, I'll take. I'll take. LA. Okay, I'll take. I'll take. Justin Fields is good. I don't, I don't care this about chaotic. Who to Detroit? Who doesn't come to Detroit? So much is happening right now. I'm overstimulated. There are two people. Have, have, have fun driving through Gary, Indiana, guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 JMO, stop at the Hard Rock. Okay. Yeah, we're <laughs> Give me a T-shirt. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye guys. All right. Good time. Well, that was fun. There were ten people in here. There were. That might have been the most packed this studio has ever been at any point, especially during the green and white. <laughs> well, back to I don't remember what we're talking about. Oh, uh, maybe that's a good transition. Uh, uh, Lions. 
can still get the two seed. I don't think they will because <laughs> Dallas is probably going to throttle the Reds or the command. Is it, the is command. it at? Is it at? Is it at, is it at Washington yeah. or is that Dallas? Does it matter? At Does Washington. it change Does it? At Washington. I mean. Not really. If it's at Washington, they win by 10 instead of 20. It is in uh, D.C. or Alexandria, whatever the hell they play. Um, Ron Rivera is coaching for his job today. He's fired anyway. (laughs) He's gone. Actually, I think he's going to retire, honestly. He'll retire. He'll He'll he'll, he'll pull a... Yeah. They the second Uh, He'll pull an insert MSU coach here. Um, Retire. (laughs) But um, anyways, so... Let's transition. All right, last night we saw the Steelers won. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Jack David. Thank they stand it is ugly the football, <laughs> ugly football the game. Standard is, uh, the standard is punting like you know fifteen times in a game <laughs> or whatever happened. Mason Rudolph did the unthinkable, won three straight to close out the season. You what put yourself I? in a position to be in position. Congratulations. Mason Rudolph's the best quarterback on the roster, and I don't know how to feel about that. All it cost, hey, all it cost. Give me Michael Penix on the Steelers. I, I would like it known. Would you like Bonex? He's available. Um, Are you okay? Honestly, by the way, can, after the oh, that's yeah, the end of that why throwing, season. Why are we throwing to Tyler Goodson on fourth and one? I know he oh, was open. Why? Yeah, how many? Why t- is he out how, there? Many, how many touches did Tyler Goodson have all season? Does anybody know? I had to look oh, it up this morning because to be frank, like, I didn't know who he was. Maybe I thought he had between like ten and twenty. I, I thought, oh, they're throwing to Zach Moss. I remember Zach Moss. That's Starting. not Zach Moss. So I'm like, that's not Zach Moss. I they showed Jonathan Taylor on the sideline. Um, you know who probably makes that throw? I Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson throws that into the second row like he's throwing <laughs> it away. Stop. And no, if, Actually, and honestly, if Richardson's on the field, it's a quarterback it, sneak. It, it's, a, it's a keeper. Um, but, hey, uh, Shane Steichen, when the game is on the line, your season is on the line, and you have a running back who you let a whale die to pay. Oh, my God. Lolita Jesus. died for him. Sacrifice. <laughs> you sacrificed Lolita to pay Jonathan Taylor, and you leave him on the sideline when he's averaging six yards a carry. Or if you're going to dump it to him, let him be the pass catcher. Jonathan Taylor has two hands, and Lolita he knows was, how to use them, unlike I, Goodson. Lolita I, was looking down last night, and she was... Is it she or he? It's a she. It's a she. And I just, like, your best player, even if they try and throw it to Pittman, I would be like, fine. Like, he's your best receiver. If you want to throw it there, even though you should be running the football because you're averaging six yards a carry on the night, they could not stop the run. Gardner Minshew didn't play that great yesterday. But it shouldn't have mattered because you had the opportunity to win. You ran the ball all the way down the field, and then you decide at the last moment, let's, A, on fourth and one, run down the entire clock, not snap the ball and said take a timeout mm-hmm. and out of the timeout you're throwing it to your third string running back you Just got what you uh, indy got what it deserved yesterday so i'm not really mad i was angry at the moment uh inside the establishment jdc tapped me, patted me on the shoulder that's yeah it was try and console me so i think if he makes that catch oh, man there's a good like you're gonna win the game they, yeah. that, like, you looked at me right before i think it was right before first down of like, that sequence and you're like hey they might win this football game like, you thought they were gonna win and i'm like they're gonna find a way to mess it up. I know they're gonna mess it up. I thought they were just gonna get stuffed on like the two, like yeah. standard. Instead, nope. They decide to give it to the third string running back out of Iowa, um, and I, I was just like, why? Like, what are we? What are we doing? You dominate them on the line of scrimmage. They averaged three yards to carry. You ran for 180 yards with Jonathan Taylor, and you lost because you decided to throw it to Tyler Goodson. I, that's I'm just. I, I was. We were so close to making the playoffs with Gardner Minshew and the team. I'm going to be frank here. The Colts are not that good. They were not that good this year. They were an average football team. Are they a playoff mm-hmm. team? No. I hope 
that the Texans win today because the team in the AFC South that deserves to be in the playoffs is the Texans. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. If the, the Texans win today? Or the, if the Titans win today, the Texans not only win the division, yes. but the Jaguars miss the playoffs. The Jaguars are not playing like a playoff time nope. team right now. They don't deserve to be in. The Colts, or the Texans The do. Texans, D'Amico Ryan, CJ Stroud deserve I, I, to I, I am okay with that. I don't dislike the Texans. It sucked that those were the two teams that had to either be win or in mm-hmm. versus the Jaguars should not be in the playoffs either. Hopefully Will Levis gets it done. Um, <laughs> Couldn't agree more. So, but yeah, that's my thing. Let's let's pre- shout that- out Shane Steichen. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, shout, the, the, shout, the, out, shout him out. Why? The I mean, he, okay, he, he, no, you gotta give him credit. Fair, he has done an amazing three, job. He had like year. four wins last and year, and the play was there. That's Jeff Saturday was our head coach, and Frank Reich, like. I guess. Frank Reich like lasted that, seven a, weeks in Carolina. That's a, that's a really good turnaround, though. Three to they, they were always good. They shouldn't have been a 4-13 and 13 team last year. Like They should have been a borderline playoff team last year. Now Anthony Richardson and, can lead in the division next year. And now year. the future of this team screwed up because they thought wow. they needed a quarterback. They didn't. Or not at least Anthony Richardson wasn't the guy. And now... I don't You're even not know. excited for Anthony Richardson coming back to this team? No. He, Why? My, my only hope, my only hope, is the fact that he got shoulder surgery. So maybe they actually fixed it, and he can throw a football now. Because before, he his. I like Anthony Richardson as like a dark horse MVP next year, especially Stop. under With, the Saints Icon offense that he loves to run. Yes. it's the perfect. He's the perfect quarterback for it. A full offense of him as the starter. He keeps progressing as a I, passer. He's I want he is electrifying. He's not a passer. That's the problem. Right, he can well, become one. Do you want to take JJ McCarthy this draft no. and then and then see how no. much yeah, they, see want? if there could be an you improvement? Want? You want Bo Nix? Yes. Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that was a very stupid that question. Was a layup. <laughs> you're, you're asking me, would I rather have a guy that had a 55 percent completion percentage in college or a guy that just broke the record for best completion percentage in a single season? Okay. Like, but. I'm asking for somebody that knows how to complete a pass. I oh, shouldn't ask that, that question because like, the answer was <laughs> obvious. <laughs> but, yeah. I would take Michael Penix, even though I don't even think Penix will be that good in the NFL. Okay. But oh, why? Because you think he's going to get hurt? No, he's like Tua, but like not as good. Oh, but a better, better passer than Tua. I don't think Way more accurate than Tua. I don't think so. I, Penix is the best college passer I've seen. People forget in a long Tua time. was supposed to be like the Messiah when he came out of college. That's very You're true. right, and then he got 15 concussions. Well, <laughs> anyway, let's get to the actual NFL talk. This is going to be like mixed in to picks. Like, the picks. We're going to kind of do it all at once. Um, so a lot of big games on today, a lot of different playoff scenarios playing out. We have first game of the day. We'll kind of just go into the picks. Um, Browns, Bengals. This game does not matter, if I'm not, not mistaken. No, this not game, at I, this all. Game, this Browns are asking their starters. Yeah. Seed, yeah. So, I, I can't believe Joe Flacco is being... I was about to say, can we talk about Flacco? Joe Flacco. Listen, Joe Flacco. listen he, he's not going to win it, but he is the comeback player. Of the he year. should win should it. He should, but it's okay. not going to no, 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 no. He doesn't have the games, if, I don't think. Listen. A guy passed away on the field I and then care. played football he again. Be on he's, the team. he's the comeback player of the year. The only reason he hasn't been he cut played yet, a snap after barely, a guy. He barely made the fifty-three man. The, the only, the only reason matter. did you know he, he barely he, made he the fifty-three man. He was the man on the field for the game against the Broncos. Yes, I did. Did you know that Demar Hamlin? That the only reason he hasn't been cut yet is because his jersey sales outsell. His salary first right now. First player to be retired on they the ambulance. They made more money selling his jerseys than they <laughs> have to first pay him. First player to have his number retired on the ambulance. The <laughs> <laughs> DeMar ambulance? Yeah. The ambulance. Anyway. Okay. Anyways. But Joe Flacco has been, like, he's playing better Baker than... Mayfield should be the comeback player. I, he's if he makes the playoffs, too. I think he he should. Which, yeah. so, 
So yeah, I mean, uh, Flacco's we, been playing great. Yeah. So. Do we really need to make a pick on this Browns game? Who cares? Uh, no, it's gonna be Cincy. Because I mean, so they're wrestling right it's, now. Right now, the clinch spots: we have the Niners clinched at one, Cowboys are two, Lions are three, Eagles are five, and which the Eagles and the Cowboys are technically playing God. for the the NFC East title today. Mm-hmm. If Eagles. the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, the Eagles are playing Eagles awful football. Suck. They are yeah, they are bad really right now. Bad. The Eagles might suck. They are bad. And then you have the Rams, that I believe, are locked in at the sixth seed. On the other side, Ravens are the one. Dolphins and Bills are playing for the AFC mm-hmm. East title, and the Bills are potentially playing for a playoff spot, depending on what else happens. They could be today. the two, or they could be out of the out playoffs. Of the which playoffs. is absolutely wild. Which is wild. Um, then That's you have crazy. the Chiefs at the three. The Texans are the four. Well, no, the, Jag- the Jags win. The Jags will be the four. Oh, the Texans are the four. Technically, the Jags or the Texans. And then we have the Browns at five. And then six and seven could be six like Six and anything. seven. It's a crapshoot right now. Yes. Yeah, it is. So... And then on the bubble, the Jaguars are the only team in the AFC that technically aren't in because they haven't played today, so mm-hmm. they're behind the Texans. They're the only team that has a shot of getting back in mm-hmm. into the into the picture. On the NFC side, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Vikings, and the Falcons are all outside looking in with a chance to get in. Don't the I, Bears have a chance to? No, no they're, they're they've been, they're, they've they've been, been eliminated. Yeah. I thought the Bears had a chance. Nope. Bears have a they're chance to, to play some Bears. Today, Listen, Bears are playing pretty good. Oh yeah, right now. God, since, since we've gone on the table talk about everybody else, Jay. Is this, this is the last time Justin Fields starts for your Chicago Bears? Possible. Um, do you I think want we're bringing back the coach next year, Eberflus? That's a so mistake. There is yeah. a really good chance. They, they should if be the Bears win today, uh, Fields is back. Do you want Fields back next year? Um, or do you want? I'm just I'm still so torn. As of right up. now, I do kind of want Fields back. If he plays really well today, yes, I want him back. It's all gonna. <laughs> it all comes my, down my, to that. My issue with that with that logic though is you've you've seen enough. Are you going to see something today that you haven't Probably. seen from Justin Fields before? Pretty like, good. Ch- I mean, like, the Packers' defense is awful. It, it, right, but like at this point, you should n- I, not that you should know because you're not the one making decisions. But I feel like, oh, if he plays well today, it's, well, it's like you've seen him. He's been starting for two and a half years. Like you, like kind of oh, at this yeah. point, know can he play in this league or not? And he's been in be- he's been much better this year. Um, yeah. I still don't think he like he's surpassed my expectations for him, but those expectations expectations were really low. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's a package yeah. deal with Eberflus. I think if you're going to get rid of him, you get rid of Eberflus too. I, I don't see any reason to keep Eva yeah. around. See, this it, is like this is kind of like the Lions last year. You have a chance to knock out your arch rival, have a little momentum in the offseason. You got the number one pick. I this is, uh, the Bears have a prime opportunity to set themselves up for the for success next year, and it starts by beating Green Bay and knocking them out, knocking them out of the playoffs. And the Bears haven't beaten Green Bay since 2018, so I'm not giving my hopes up today. But man, you guys are playing some. This team has a prime opportunity to do something special. So we'll see. Back to the number one pick, real quick. If you guys pass on Caleb and Caleb like hits, I think everybody probably there is fired. Oh yeah, they're fired, and yeah, I will. So that's, I'm gonna be so mad. That's I think you guys just go Caleb because Fields is playing good, but I just don't know how much better he's he's gonna be with the Bears. I think he can be great in other places, but I think he's done his time there. I so just don't think. How nervous do you guys think? Which we don't have the seventh seed decided yet in the AFC. Um, but any of those teams, they're either going to Buffalo or they're going to Miami for their playoff game. How like like that? That's a wild difference in playing conditions. Mm-hmm. Come next Saturday or next Sunday when they play, or even Monday. Um, I just was thinking about that. Like if I'm like if I'm the Steelers, I probably would rather play in Buffalo. We wouldn't play Buffalo because if Buffalo, well, I guess I'm not sure exactly how it works. Because if Buffalo wins, but the Titans win, we would be in. I don't know if we would play Buffalo. But yes, I, I would rather play in Buffalo as well 
It's more of but, the stealist type of thing. But on it, well, the other problem though is the Dolphins are not. Gr- I mean, they're good. They're a good football team. But the, but the but the Bills right now are might be the mm-hmm. they might be the second best team in the AFC right now. You catch now. them on the right day, you get blown out yeah. by twenty five. You but catch them on the since they fired. Day. I still think they're a little too inconsistent. Since, since they fired their OC, they've been on the right day. They've been on the so right from that standpoint, I they're really good. Um, like. At yeah, the start of the year, I, I thought, agree. damn, this team isn't going to – they've missed their window, and I think they might be able to find a way. I think the Ravens made a mistake sitting everybody yesterday. Um, you think so? I don't they know. Because they, they don't play next – they're going to have two full okay, weeks off. But if they play their starters and, God forbid, Lamar gets hurt. Tyler Huntley is I don't starting think, quarterback I, in the playoffs. I just – two, two full weeks off is a long time versus we'll, a team that's – We'll see They're going to be goes. playing somebody that's playing their starters today and tomorrow and next week. So from that standpoint, I just that's my only yeah. concern about them because they've been the best team in football, but now you're stopping all they that momentum play. that they have. I they I, the I think the Lamar if they play the Browns, they're done. They play the Texans. Joe Flacco will know. walk into Baltimore and win. Oh my god, that would, would be amazing. amazing. I would love it. Crazy. We won a Super Bowl with them ten years or eleven years ago, and he's, he might beat them. Walks into their stadium mm-hmm. and throws her three hundred fifty yards on their defense. Pretty nuts, but um. I, I mean, I think I think the Ravens, even with them resting their starters, I I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, honestly, I, I mean, we've seen it before. Much, we saw it before in Lamar's first MVP year where they. This rested team is them. much different than that team. I I agree. It that is a lot more different. It was very dependent on Lamar. Style this team play. is a lot more dependent on their defense. Todd Munkin's done a great job. They're throwing the ball a lot more. Zay Flowers and OBJ and Rashad Bateman have been amazing. Lamar's Isaiah much more of a passer. Like he I, is. They're the best team in the I, league. I really don't think the rest they're resting their starters is really gonna matter. I, I still think they're I think they're I, it was a smart thing favorite. to do. I know it's it's against the Steelers and I guess like they're your rivals, so like if you beat them, your chance to make yeah. the playoffs is worse. But they had too much to lose if you play the starters. Yeah, so. I agree. Uh, but I, I still think Ravens are yeah. clear cut. Let's yeah, let's tra- transition over to the NFC side where the NFC South is uh Quite the awful, awful, quite awful to be completely frank. Um, here are the playoff playoff clinching scenarios. We have Atlanta. They playing at New Orleans today. I actually can't believe Atlanta could still host a home. As long game. as Atlanta wins, <laughs> Desmond Ritter. That actually like Taylor it, Heineke hosts. It's a so it, something needs to be done. If, about If if Atlanta wins and by some act of God, Bryce Young beats. <laughs> The Buccaneers, the Falcons win the playoffs. That's all they need—a win and a—they just need to win. So they, they would host win. the second place NFC East. Yep, and they probably Dallas. win. Desmond, <laughs> Desmond Dallas Ritter, on the road. Desmond Which, Ritter might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen. So he if he hosts a play, or Taylor Heineke, he'd probably be Heineke. But yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, I think Next, we have the Saints, which they clinched the playoff. They clinched the division. They need to win, and then they need either Tampa to lose or tie. Or they need to tie in Tampa to lose. Mm-hmm. So the, I don't see the Bucks so losing. The, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, I don't see the Bucks t- losing to Carolina. But man, Baker Mayfield in the must-win game. He's been really good this year. I know I, they got didn't they get smoked last week or something? Yeah. They, they got beat They're weird. badly. Uh, I, that, but that wasn't a lot of that wasn't a lot of Baker's then, fault. It was more like he was getting sacked constantly yeah. the entire game. And then Tampa clinches division with a win or a tie and a New Orleans. Tie as well or lost to New Orleans, um, but Tampa clinches a playoff berth as long as they get a tie. Seattle loses and Green Bay doesn't win. That's all Jesus. they need. 
Um, all they need. All, um, all they need. Let's That's see. Who, who's the win and end team? And is it the Packers? They're the, yeah, the I Packers so, are the yeah. win and end team in the NFC for that last spot. Um, then there's a bunch of scenarios where if they tie or lose, like they just need like Minnesota to lose or something like mm-hmm. that. Do um, we do do we think it's gonna happen again? Like last year, it's just gonna repeat itself for the Packers. See, I mean, we'll, we'll get the picks a little bit, but like this is like Chicago. This is like a like so last year. Is, Aaron this Rogers, is their Super Bowl. <laughs> last year was like kind of the end of an era for Aaron Rodgers. And now it's a new era. Jordan Love coming in. They have new new vibe. Jaden Reed to dog. Yeah, Jaden Reed will play today, but like dog. still. Is he the best rookie I, I ever seen this year? have a lot of momentum right now. He's not playing today. He's or, questionable with oh, the chest, oh, but if he does play, I'll that's... donate my chest to Jaden Reed. <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> um, all right, Bears are pretty banged up too. So let's get into the picks. We'll go through some of these games. We'll go through fast because they don't matter. Starting with Browns Bengals. Uh, Bengals are favored by seven and a half. Because uh, Jeff Driscoll is starting for the Browns, Lion Legend. I'll take this is gonna be a low scoring uh, game, so I'll take the Browns and the points. Give me Cleveland. Uh, you guys are picking Cleveland to win? Well, no, I'm Cleveland. Uh, to I'm cover. Spread. Oh, to cover. Yeah, give me Cleveland a cover. But all these win. projections are given by the Merrifield Sportsbook. Um, <laughs> shout out Gambling Corner. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with the Browns as well. I think they cover. The, actually, no, I'm going Cincinnati. Jake Browning, legacy game. Last start, game as a starter before I Joe Burr yeah. comes back. So, um, Next game, we have the Vikings and Lions. Lions are favored by four. Jay, you said they are sitting their starters. Yes. What? I think the Lions are sitting. We're sitting okay. our starters. I know that was a debate all week. Um, <coughs> I think I'm in the, the corner of let them play like a, treat it like a preseason game yeah. and let them play like a quarter or the first half. Like Certain guys, like if you don't want Ragnow to play or Decker, two guys that clearly haven't been healthy as of late, but I think golf should play at least we a little bit. We also do now have Aline McNeil and C.J. Gardner-Johnson active. I'm not sure if they're going to play today, but they are officially so back on the active because we don't Nick, know who's playing. Nick Mullins, I believe, is starting. At, which starting. Nick Mullins might be my favorite quarterback right now because he is the confidence level of Patrick Mahomes with the skill <laughs> level of me playing I Am Football. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's the best way to describe it. Because He's actually, oh, I'm actually like, like that. watching yeah. that game, uh, the first game we played against Minnesota, it was just so fun as, watching as, some as, of these passes. As, and my away. favorite, like, I, somebody was breaking down the film and, like, it was a throw down the left sideline against the Lions. He threw a pick to Jordan Addison where he would have had to have thrown a ball on a line 50 yards downfield. Like, I don't even know if Mahomes could have made that throw, let alone <laughs> Nick Mullins from Southern <laughs> Mississippi. And then he walks to the sideline and McCon- O'Connell's like, what was that? And he just like shrugs them off. Like, okay. hey, I up. threw six picks in an IM football game one time. I've been there. I know that mentality. <laughs> or you're just ripping Nathan it. Peterman. You're just, <laughs> ripping it, ripping it. You're, just, you're just at that point, you're just grabbing the football Peterman and level. you're like, that yeah. guy might be open. I'm just going to throw it as hard as I can and hope it hits the He's window. He's down there somewhere. He is down there somewhere. Um, but unfortunately, my IM football team did not have Jaden Reed or Keon Coleman. <laughs> we had Rami Abuda. <laughs> Shout out Rami Hughes. Shout out him. Shout out Burke Dugan. Anyways, um, shout out all those wide receivers. Anyways, uh, J- next game we got Jaguars and Titans. Um, this game does matter. So Jaguars are favored by three and a half on the road. It's like the Jag Jaguars, um, must win game for them. I don't know, not playing great football right now, but I think they get it done today. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Jacksonville as well. Um, again, like JDC said, they're not playing their best football by a long shot, but I still think they're gonna come in and win the game that matters the most right now. I'm taking Will Levis and the Titans for obvious reasons. What are the obvious reasons? Uh, if they lose, you yes, get in the playoffs. Oh, bias. okay. I thought there was like some like uh, something outlandish. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Will, he has some team bias g- that goes in. Give me, give me Will Levis, um, Lil Will. 
He's got to do something. Will. Will. I don't know. I don't know what his future holds in Tennessee. Um, um, so we'll see. But winning a game might not hurt it. Um, shout out. Well, I, I think Vrabel's going to win that game simply because of what the reporter asked him this week when he said that losing sucks. And like, he's he like, like, "Yeah, it does. Yeah, suck. It does suck, <laughs> you idiot." <laughs> and then he like goes to take another question in the middle of it. He goes, "Do you have any other great ideas, Gentry?" Like. <laughs> He was targeting Vrabel's his report. such a... I, I love him. electric. Love him. <laughs> yeah. love um, next game, we got Jets taking on the Patriots. Um, Toilet J. I'll take the Patriots just because it might be Belichick's last game. Minus two and a half. Is this... Zappy Hour finally comes to a close this afternoon. Joe, give Joe the mic back real quick. The resident Patriots fan. What are your feelings going into this afternoon? This might be the worst way for the regular season to end. If we win, we Welcome lose. to the club. I know, I know. <laughs> but if we win, we lose on the number two pick. There's no chance that we lose. Oh, Belichick lost like his final game to the Jets, who we came over to us from, and we've beaten like 50 times out it's of 49 about, or 51 It's times. 16 in a row right now, right? Yeah, we haven't lost them in like eight years. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Who's starting for the Jets, do we know? Is it Trevor that? Simeon? Yeah, Trevor Simeon. So we got a better. Legend. Yeah, exactly. Broncos legend and uh, wild former Wildcat. Shout out yes. Western. <laughs> oh Western. God. Um, but no, it's tough because losing to the Jets just would hurt pretty pretty damn bad. But you would if, rather lose though to get that number two. Pick. I know, yeah, right? Shut if up. we win, yeah. we go from two to like seven. Oh, not gross. even two to three. Really? Yeah, it's like oh, two God. all the way down to six wow. or seven. Start Mac Jones. He was the tank commander. He knew how to tank properly. <laughs> he would get 99 yards down the field, get to the one-yard line, fumble the ball. Bailey Zappi was pretty awful last week. He did a pretty good job at losing that football game for you guys. Um, shout out Garrett Wilson from Lake Travis. Shout out Baker Mayfield from Lake Travis. Um, but I don't know. Um, anyways. Is this Bill's last game? I'll take the Patriots. It's Bill will ride off from the sunset with a win. Yeah. Um, this Jets O-line sucks, and Trevor Simeon sucks more, so I'm yeah. going to go with New I'm, England. I'm going to take – I'm taking the Jets. I'll take the Jets as well. The over-under is 28.5. That Just to tell you what kind of that's football game we're getting. Awful. Football right there. <laughs> Give me – all right, next game, we got the Falcons taking on the Saints in a potential win-and-in situation for the NFC South, depending on what happens uh, in the Tampa game. So New Orleans, favored by three. I'll take the Saints. The Falcons stink, and Arthur Smith. So does the Saints, though. Like, it's not like Smith, they've quit on Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith sucks. Arthur Shane Steichen must have gone to the Arthur Smith School of play calling for that fourth down call. <laughs> you have one of the most talented tight ends and running backs in the and league, hey, and you're not utilizing Tyler Goodson, well. baby. Yes. Like that should work. Tyler Algeo, like BYU legend. Why he's good? You have Bijan. Like play him, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been saying this for since the start of the season. Um, these are the two most mid teams. Um, I've ever seen in NFL history. The um, mid off. This is the mid off of all mid offs. Yeah. Um, yes. it, I, this game's gonna be so boring. But give me the Saints because I think they're less mid than the Falcons are. I will also take the Saints. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they're slightly less yeah. mid. All right, next game. We're gonna have to speed through these. We have two minutes left in this show. Oh, um, all right, quickly. Buccaneers, Panthers, Bucks by five. Bucks, Bucks. Bucks. Uh, I agree. Bucks. Actually, no. I'm taking the Panthers to cover. I don't know if they win, but I think they'll cover. Uh, Bears, Packers, Packers by three. Bears. <sighs> I don't know if Bears win, but Bears. Man. Give me, give me. Green I'm going Bay. Green Bay. I, I, I can't, I can't get give, my hopes up anymore. Give me Green Bay as well. Broncos, Raiders, Raiders by three. Raiders. Uh, Raiders. I think Raiders. the Broncos have given up on this uh, I take the Raiders as well. Shout out. Um, Antonio Pierce, baby. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eagles, Giants. Eagles by five. Give me the, Giants. the Giants. to Eagles cover. to barely cover. I'm taking the Giants. Eagles. 
I'm taking the Giants, even though he doesn't. Uh, Tommy DeVito, Tommy, Tommy Cutlets. It's over. Um, Shout out his family. Great tailgate they have. It's it's DeVitover. Uh Give me the Seahawks taking on the Cardinals. Seahawks by three. Seahawks need a win. Take the Seahawks. Give me the Cardinals to give win this. Give me the Seahawks, dude. Come on. Give me the Cardinals. Uh, the way the Cardinals played last week, I mean, I know the Eagles weren't that great. But Kyler's James, that guy. James Conner, James Conner is that guy, and Kyler Murray Pit is legend. pretty good. Trey McBride is give me, yeah, Trey McBride, going to be top five I'm riding with Oscar. Year. Give me the Cardinals. Can, I was about to say the exact same thing. Give me a top five I can't agree more. We got Chiefs-Chargers in a game I, that does not matter. Chargers are favored by three. I believe that means Mahomes is not playing. Still Chiefs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. Is it Easton Stick starting for the Chargers? Is Chad Henney starting for <laughs> Kansas City? I don't even know who their quarterback is. I believe that's the backup. I think yeah. Henney's retired. Oh, I have an important question. Will Taylor Swift be at the game today, Allie? Was Travis playing? I don't know. Probably, I'm assuming not. Probably Even though not. he doesn't deserve to sit. He's been asked the right <laughs> He's not been very good. Yeah, My fantasy right. team does not thank him for his service. So, yeah, drop another and it's pass. Taylor's fault. Don't blame her. I'm blaming her. Um, Taylor is an amazing woman. Don't blame her. <laughs> thank you, Jack. <laughs> Why is she an amazing Look woman? Actually, no, we don't have time she for She makes you. bangers. Okay, okay. next. Anyways. Uh, Rams, Niners. Niners by four. Rams. Um... Darnold is playing this game for the Niners, so yeah. Give me yeah, the Rams. Carson Wentz is starting for the Rams. Like, Carson oh, Wentz, actually, yes. never mind then. Give me the Niners. Nine, Rams, give me the Niners. Rams, 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 Rams. Rams, Rams. Uh, Colts legend. Cowboys, <laughs> Commanders. Cowboys, Cowboys. Cowboys. I don't care. Cowboys are favored by thirteen. Un- That's a lot um, of points. I'm gonna in, go with in the, Washington. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Cowboys. I'm gonna go with the uh, so like Cowboys. Give me the Commanders. Oh, commanders. Commanders in the commanders. points, but. And then last game Sunday night. AFC East title on the line, potential playoff spot in line if you're the Bills. So you got 10-6. Bills are favored by three on the road in Hard Rock. Yeah, I, the Dolphins I can are understand fraudulent. I'll take the Bills. Bills are a new offense with uh, Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. Mike so. McDaniel only has one win against a team that is above 500 in his career. Um, I think that streak continues. Give me the Bills. Give me the Finns. Really? Ooh. I'm, I'm taking the Bills. I think they're the, they're favored by on the road by a re- for a reason. Um, and it's the only divisional loss the Dolphins have this year, and I think they go 0-2 against the Bills, and the Bills are the AFC East champs. Um, that's It's 101, so we're actually a little late. We kind of caught up. We did a pretty good job. Yeah, They're dude. over. Nobody's going to come in here and stop us. That's not how this works. Um, let's see. Phil Martelli up 10 on Penn State at the half. Jawan's so, not making it. Jawan, just afternoon. leave him. I hear that Drover, right? They, it's, I don't, it's, I, it's Jawan vote. It, it, it's Jawan. It's Jawan. Um, yeah, Juwan's all done. Anybody have any last-second things? Anything they want to say before I turn us off? Tech report down. Yeah, what, what did Joe does? I don't know if any of you guys saw the video of the MSU men's basketball team singing together around Christmas. Yeah, what about? Yeah, yeah. I, I like they've been oh, they've been undefeated since that video. Yeah. Yeah. Know, it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool video for this. I've seen it. I've never too listened. What is Tyson and Trey singing? Ah, what are they? It's not. It's not Jingle Bells. It's one of the classic ones. Ah, yeah. No, not rock around the tree. Interesting. Well, that's going to do it uh, for the Green and White Report. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope this was an entertaining show. Uh, Next week, I'll be back. I don't think Zach will be back. I believe he's going to Florida for some reason. But AJ will be back. I don't know. Don't. Don't, he was uh, here. You can ask him. Uh, they were dressed in full suits. They're driving to Chicago right now. In the suits. In the suits. Wild suits. That's a bold strategy. They mean business. Shout out um, He gets to wear sweats and a sweatshirt yeah. while <laughs> yeah. everyone else is suited up. Yeah, never forget in Iowa City when he wore shorts and a collared shirt while me and 
Zach had to wear like a full suit and it was 90 degrees in Iowa City. But it's fine. Um, tell a friend about the show. And if you've missed any of it, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. We'll make sure that's posted. Usually tomorrow morning is when that gets up and set so you can go back and re-listen to some of your favorite moments of the show, like when I told J.J. McCarthy to go put his shoes on. Um, Michigan takes on Washington tomorrow night. That should be a fun one. Make sure to tune in tonight. Pre-game show for Michigan State Northwestern starts at 7.15. Tip-off from Evanston with Jack Steger, Zach Sardinic at 7.30 here on WDBM Women's Basketball Broadcast on Tuesday. So with Allie and Joe, thank you both for coming on. Thank you, Oscar and Jack, for coming on. Thank you, JDC, for coming in and filling in today. Always a pleasure. First time I ever hosted the show was with you. I remember that. We we had so much fun uh, back in March of 2022. So thank you all for listening, and... Have a great rest of your Sunday.